Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome back to the Gaming on the Brain podcast. Hello. I'm Mark. I'm Glenn. And it's a big hello from us, as always. Um, we're on to episode number six. Six. This is six, yeah. Episode, episode number six. six. I've lost count already. Um, so, yeah, episode six today. We're going to be talking to you guys about one of our favourite pew-pews or yeah. five-scoring shooters. Got three titles, yeah. Yeah, from back in the day. Um, I think you'll all most commonly know it as um, the Steel Empire. Yeah, or, or Empire, Empire of, Steel. of Steel. Or if you're Japanese, Kotetsu Tikoku. Tikoku. Is that how you uh, pronounce it, yeah? Yeah, something like that. It was a, a Mega Drive game released in 1992, as I said, side-scoring shooter. But a very, very accomplished side-scoring shooter. And one that takes us back to the old days a game that we we'll both love very much, but uh, that'll be that'll be happening straight after the musical break. Before we get to that, um, I just want to discuss a couple of comments that we've had in the um, on the Facebook page, um, both from Roy Robertson, who will also be mentioning in the episode as well. One yeah. of my one of my best pals, very integral to the episode, there, Roy. Yes, yes. Um, he mentioned actually um, a Double Dragon episode, when we're going to do a Double Dragon episode. I mean, if anybody knows me and Glenn, they'll know Double Dragon's, you know, one of our favourite games of all time. Um, we will be getting to a Double Dragon episode at some point. Which we don't one? know which uh, one. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, we don't know which one. Um, but we will pick one that deserves credit, which is the majority of them, to be fair, unless it's Double Dragon 3, Glenn. Um, Double Dragon 5, the Shadow Falls. All five, yeah. <laughs> but we will, yes, Roy... Hold out, we will get there, mate, and uh, hopefully you will enjoy the episode. Roy also mentioned um, Grand Theft Auto. Um, I know why he mentioned Grand Theft Auto, it's because obviously it's it's getting a lot of hits at the moment because of GTA 6 and, and whatnot. Um, the reason why we probably won't do a GTA episode is it's not a game that neither myself or Glenn really bothered with. I mean, I've, I enjoy GTA 5. On the last generation but the first one i didn't really care too much for it but it has made us think about potential specials in the future um maybe some like games challenging the peggy rate yeah and things like yeah that. we might touch on the yeah. whole series as well include incorporating other games that have uh, had that effect as well with the yeah. uh, ESR, esrb and you know 993 will be a key yeah uh... we do we do have some specials in mind for the future um because this is not going to be a 10 episode and done podcast you know we're here because we love doing it, and we're going to keep doing it because we love doing it, and we love games. And if you don't like it, we're going to keep doing it even more. Yeah, we're going to keep doing it even more just to annoy yeah. the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but we prefer if you listened and got annoyed with us. Yeah. Um, now, the next two weeks um, are going to be a little bit different due to time constraints and holidays that we've got planned in. So we're actually recording an episode, and I'm going to spoil it for you, but we're recording an episode for Alien Storm, probably an episode... Well, it was probably the second recording we ever did, I think, was it? I think it was, first, first, I think it was our first. So we did an episode for Alien Storm, which over the last six weeks we've been trying to improve our format a little bit and just tweak things a little here and there to try and keep it interesting. So Alien Storm, forgive us if it's a little bit old-fashioned. Well, yeah. When I say old-fashioned, like the first one that we did, like World Next, for example. Um, but it is, it's going to be a filler. But we'll release it as a proper episode because it was a full recording, um, along with the YouTube video for the long play and everything. Now, the week after that, which we'll also miss, we've got planned to do, we mentioned it actually before in the Pit Fighter episode, we've got some um, a bonus content episode for Pit Fighter, which is actually 
a ton of development documentation that Glenn got his hands on. Um, I've actually took the time this week to scan all of that in. So what I'll probably do, and I know it won't be a proper episode and it won't get a numbered release either, but it will be um, a sort of slideshow as such of all those items uh, with a quick introduction, which we'll be recording next, Glenn. Right. Um, but anyway, that's enough rambling on. Um, we'll uh, hopefully stick around, see you after the, after the musical break. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And as always, give us a like or a comment or subscribe. Please keep coming back. You know, we're going to be here for a long time unless something happens to one of us, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see you shortly. Bye now. Bye. You go gaming on the break. So, Big G, Empire of Steel. Oh, or Empire of Steel, Tokoku, uh, Tokoku, Tetsu, yeah, or Steel Empire, Empire of Steel, The Steel Empire. Kotetsu, Tokoku. If I were pronouncing it right, but it does have a few different titles that all boil down the same basic thing, don't they, mate? So, let's, let's, so in, in European territories, the Empire of Steel. Yes, definitely, yeah. In, in, American steel territories, Empire. the Steel Empire. And in Japan, the, K the Steel K Empire, which Kotetsu is Tukaku. Tukaku. Yeah. So, yeah, as you have probably guessed from what was said in the introduction, today's episode is all about the Steel Empire or Steel of Empire. Empire yeah, that steel. one I like, yeah, the same one I like. The most, yeah, right. Basically, it's got many names, but it still all, all comes back to one great game. Yeah, one amazing uh, horizontal show up, which is probably, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. It's a Mega Drive game. It is, uh, and yeah. Mark has a fine little story to tell yeah. us about. Exactly. So, so this one, um, I think, usually it's um, usually you get me into games, but I think this time round it was me who got you into a game. Yeah, I just spied you playing this and the music, and that I was, I was like, right, I was drawn in by what I saw on that screen. So yeah, this, so this one um, might want to give a shout out to a certain person. I think, I think, it and I think well, funny enough, I think we've already mentioned my good pal Roy Robertson in the introduction because yeah. uh, I have, I need to read out some comments from. Obviously, we'll do the introduction after the podcast because apparently that's the way you do these things. But um, I'm still learning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get better every week. But um, so I remember Roy had this. I think in a pile of games on his Japanese. Do you remember Mega he had Drive. trucks in that as well? Because he gives a handful of them, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he had a Japanese Mega Drive back in the day. Right? Um, and basically, I think this was probably the only PAL release he had. Um, apologies if you can hear the trains in the background, everyone. The horns it's the Colossus Cannon train. It is. We'll get yeah, to that in a minute. Setting in the mood already. Um, so yeah, I think this was the only PAL game that he kind of had lying around in this pile of games. And um, basically, I wanted to have a look at it and played a bit of it. And I thought to myself, that's the kind of game that me and Glenn like to play. Um, probably in two player, I was thinking at the time. Not it should have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah so not knowing it was actually only one game, player yeah. game. Uh, but I bought it, bought it at home. And um, yeah, Glenn was very interested in it, so we both enjoyed it. You know, an excellent game. I, th I think if I if I want to just uh, just intervene for a second here with Mark saying uh, what it is for me is um, I mean I love all sorts of games as you should probably uh, guess it now. I mean we both do, 
and shooters aren't my number one go-to. I mean, for me, it's always been beat them up, so as, as we've discussed previously. But with Empire of Steel, I love this whole theme, um, this whole steampunk, steampunk World War One uh, stroke modern technology theme. I mean, which actually borrows elements of Jules Verne novels and uh, a Japanese anime called uh, Laputa or Laputa, depending on if I'm pronouncing this right. Laputa Castle in the Sky. Um, which is where the inspiration for the uh, the characters and the, um, the the enemies and the various different uh, uh, the, the scenery and everything basically takes uh, influence from. I think um, I don't know about you, but I've, I'll, I'm probably just going to continue calling it the Steel Empire because I've been playing the NTSC version for a long time. Yeah. Remember, it's easily Google. Yeah. Tends to be, yeah. So the, the Steel Empire was released originally in 1992 um, yeah. on the Sega Mega Drive or slash Sega Genesis um, by Hot B. Yeah, under the lead game designer. That's Yosh, a Japanese Yosh, version, yeah. Yeah, Yoshinori Satake, if, if I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> um, it was originally going to be published by a company called Sage's Creation. Yeah, an American um, producer. Yeah, and called Battle Wings in America, but publishing rights eventually fell to Flying Edge. In the of a claim, isn't it? Yeah, mm. and they settled on the name Steel Empire or Empire of Steel. It was released on a eight megabit cartridge as well, so you know that. For the for the time, nineteen ninety two, it was a fairly decent. It was. It was getting. That was where the eight eight meg was definitely the norm. But to be honest, we are looking at uh, Steel Empire. Listening to Steel Empire, I could have been fooled and think it was a twelve meg. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, it, as, as, if you haven't seen the game in action, just watch a long player. Um, you'll be watch hooked on a long player. player. Yeah, yeah. Watch, <laughs> well, watch. Yeah, watch our long player. Yeah, of course <laughs> I. Um, but as I say, I mean, yeah, it, it's a very very stunning game and. Uh, Far surpasses the uh, what, what the look. To be honest with you, um, if I, it's it's Mark, Mark needs to mention as well that it actually was going to start life as an arcade game. Hot B originally intended this to be I an arcade machine. Now it got so far into production apparently, but there's no known uh, prototypes exist, so um, we don't know what the game actually looks like. But apparently, going by the small amount of information I can find on this, that this was playable somewhere at some point, probably in some obscure Japanese test center. So it may have existed. Been great to see even just a bit of footage of this version because the way the Mega Drive version looks and the, and the way it plays and feels and sounds, the arcade machine would have been spectacular no matter what hardware I've been running on. I mean, I, I can't even begin to guess because I don't know what Hot B had any, if it had any, any part in any arcade games actually. Um, the only thing I maybe think of was possibly House of the Dead, but I think that was just like the later console versions or something, you know? Yeah. But, um, I mean, look, the this game, I'll be honest, when you look at it, you could quite easily be fooled into thinking it was an arcade game anyway. Yeah, definitely. And, the and, polish. And yeah. the sound as well. The sound. Yeah, the, mu right the sound there. of music. Yes. Uh, really? I mean, it's got a fantastic soundtrack, this game. I mean, we'll, we'll get about it a bit. I mean, I suppose we're moving, into, we're moving a little bit into the um, p uh, presentation a little bit now, I suppose. I yeah, well, uh, yeah. That's, I mean, we've kind of done an overview. overview. Let's, let's get into the meat of it, Glenn. So, the... Um, Basically, you start the game out. In fact, why, why, don't you, story. why don't you give us a bit of a story? Yeah, the story. Now, I love the story because, I mean, this game uh, is about two different um, two different factions. I mean, both considered empires. So they're both like, uh, the well, like one's an empire, one's a republic. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you get the vibe from the music in the game, actually, even though it's not generally, when I say generally, that's a key word because you'll find out a while later. Generally, it's not a game set in space. You know, like R type or Gradius, you know, Darius, all those classics. It is a game set on like what looks like Earth a or a version Earth, of Earth, yeah. you know, like a, a fictional alternate version of Earth, just like um, just like the Jules uh, Verne novels, to be honest. Um, and it it looks like an alternate version of uh, World War One. Um, 
I mean, the, the, the craft that you're fighting against, it says, uh, just to, I can't help but mention the enemies just quickly. They all look to be based on like Zeppelins and World War One biplane yeah. style fighters. And the tanks look like the type of tanks you saw in World War One with the Matildas and Mark Ones and that. In fairness, yeah, the enemies that you come up against are probably like the only kind of indication you get of like, an yeah, era. Yeah, of an era. And, I mean, and again, it's got the steampunk vibe attached to it. But as far as the story goes, it's not just a simple invasion. I mean, uh, the good guys are known as the Silverhead uh, Republic and the bad guys are the Motorhead Empire. Um, and so the, the vibe, given that the, the Motorhead Empire is enormous and the Silverhead Republic is a much smaller ragtag group of um, sort of resistance fighters, which isn't exactly the case when you when you read the story properly. Motorhead is massive and it is uh, an enormous war machine. But uh, what you find out is, as you read the story, the Motorhead Empire rely mainly on um, steam and uh, coal and again, the types of fossil fuels and uh, propulsion that you would have expected from that era. And yeah. they're also quite a religious sect as well, apparently, I've found out. So they religiously rely on these uh, various uh, fossil fuels to uh, exist and to, to, um, to basically use and, and uh, propel their various different um, fantastic flying machines, which is great for them, flying machines and tanks and, 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 and various uh, and, and unusual sea craft as well because I, yeah. I won't even call them ships because if I, I don't think there's any real normal seafaring ship in the game every single water vessel is something just bizarre as bizarre as the things you see on land and in the sky isn't it though mate they're very you know like, some interesting mashups in there yeah which again we'll mention yeah. we'll not spoil these surprises just yet because if you haven't played the game there will be surprises and you will be impressed so um, but, big, but, big bad guy oh, yeah. General Styron I think it yeah, is yeah that's his name now he's called General Styron or St Styron depending on how to pronounce it but I would say it's Styron and in the western releases that's this guy's name but in the Japanese original he's actually referred to as Sauron now I'm going to guess to maybe uh, change that because of the connection to the Lord of the Rings and, it uh, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean nobody wants to step on tour so to change the name does make perfect sense and it's not even that big of a difference and to be fair, I'd rather see a new name than the name of an existing character, unless there's some sort of anal anal an analogy there, which uh, quite possibly could be. But anyway, so what Sauron or Styron's wanting to do with his Motorhead Empire, he, he wants to destroy uh, Silverhead because he's jealous of their more uh, modern and more um, more futuristic tech. I mean, they, they rely on coal fusion and um, they're much more based on electrical uh Propulsion for their for their uh, weapon systems and, and, and various ships and, and probably planes. got a really good charging network to back it up, unlike the yeah. UK as well. Uh, we, yeah. We'd just be fucked yeah. if we'd. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But as I say, so he 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 doesn't so much as want what they have got. He just wants to destroy it, which I thought was evil and at the same time very um, uh, you know pragmatic, maybe. But again, it goes back to the religious side of it. That's. He doesn't believe in their technology. He, he doesn't. So he doesn't want to steal it from himself, which would make sense from a bad guy. You know, from like a a bad guy with a, a sane mind would want to do. He so just wants to take it out and innovation is bad. Duty. Yeah, innovate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and again, I mean, this is one of the things. Um, you know, you can you, you look at the uh, the style of the game and you wonder if is it actually set in the future or not? Because uh, like I say, it, or, and is the the motorhead just wanting to keep their uh, technology in the past, but the uh, it's a bit like me. There's but, probably some rich oil baron there who's making a load of money from uh, <laughs> making them yeah, use Yeah, that's all it can be. Uh, but that's possibly. basically the story in a nutshell. I mean, so you, uh, what you do is you have access to two different uh, vessels. Can I call them vessels? I mean, because one's a plane and one's not. You have a small airplane called the Striker, which is a very classic-looking biplane. 
a World War One style biplane that is small and fast and has a, a, a basic Vulcan type attack, as you'd call it. Some people call the machine guns of these. Yeah. Is uh, is a is a basic ship in a, in a vertical or horizontal shooter, and you've got it also has a small um, spread like of cluster bombs, bomb type yeah, thing, carpet bombs or cluster, yeah. whatever you want to call. It. And they they are ideal for taking out ground targets. I mean, they can be used in air as well if you're above targets, but they're uh, they're they're basically more uh, designed to take out ground or surface targets of some sort, which does play in the game. Now you also have the Z zero one airship. Which Z obviously stands for Zeppelin. I thought it was Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, it's called Zeppelin. In some um, in, in some sources, it might be the Japanese right. source. No. Um, but the Z01 or the Z01, depending on what pronounce it, that is slightly larger and slower than the Striker airplane. Uh, a little bit more resilient as well. Yeah, but it has a bit more vitality. It has it? exactly the same basic um, Vulcan attack. They both start with the same basic uh, uh, machine gun, if you want to call it that. But this is instead of the um, small like spread of bombs that now has basically a form of aerial mines now they fire up in a in a in an arc and then make the way down the screen as well at a slow rate so they can still be used to attack surface and ground targets um because these fire out when you press the attack button anyway this will happen occasionally but they're much more suited to be used uh, against targets that are actually above the zeppelin so bear yeah, that in mind and later parts rise of the game. up first so it gives you an yeah. opportunity to just spread over a larger area and they're actually coming really useful against one particular enemy later, which we'll get into. What's so cool about um, about Steel Empire is that you've got, again, it's sad it's only one player. This would have been perfect two player, but it isn't. It is what it is. You get your choice of two different uh, ships, and they're, um, they're both perfectly balanced for the various levels of the game. So yeah. one ship will do better. You can play as any ship in any level, basically, but you will find very quickly that one ship will do better in one level another and they do tend to balance the game has seven levels so it works out i'll not say which ones yet but it does work out that one of the craft is better on four levels and another craft is better on three of the levels so it, it, it's i mean it's not exactly 50 50 but you can get 50 50 on seven levels but it's as near as you can get and that's perfect i think so but uh that's that's some basics i mean i don't know if mark you'd like to talk about the yeah. uh, controls and uh well before we get into that um just to add a little bit more on it this this game is pretty much considered I would say a multi-directional scrolling shooter. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Yeah. And when I say that, so you're not just flying from left to right, in which you, you typically will do in a in a game of this genre. Um, there is occasions where you'll fly from right to left, or you'll be flying diagonally down the screen. It's great because it's all scripted into the game as well, and it? It there's reasons yeah. why this will happen, why you'll have a change of direction. And you you get enemies coming from behind and in front, and from the floor or, or above actually as well. So you can actually fire. In both directions and to do that you use the b or c buttons to pick which side yeah, you, want you can fire shoot. left or right yeah which yeah. is very rare in a show isn't it yes it is it, it, that, yeah. it comes in very handy in this game because there's a lot of time where you'll be flying around bosses and you'll want to shoot backwards and stuff like that um so you know hats off to them for the control scheme it works very well your your other button your ear button that releases what they, they call the devastating lightning bomb yeah which is smart bomb isn't it yeah it's and a it's big good. smart bomb yeah. and it does quite a lot of damage you tend to you tend to you know maybe be able to collect three or four at a time and you stockpile them don't you yeah. them for very tough bits there's one section or in certain levels that it's uh level five i think and level six where you fight these weird silver saucer shaped objects don't you and they're moving zigzag right. pattern and you use a bomb then because every time you kill one it lets out a power up and oftentimes you use one bomb and you get two or three in return don't you it's well, handy to use now the bomb let me say that 
I've got that mentioned when I go through the levels, ah. but I never actually used the bomb. I tend to, because it takes quite a few hits, so I always like to just let the thing out and go, right, I'll pick up as much as I can. I'm starting to think that you are considerably smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I am, yeah. It's, um, but yeah, look, it's, uh, like I say, the control scheme, very basic, you know, up, down, left, right, etc., etc. You've got your three action buttons as you do. We've explained what they do. The um, Let's just say the controls feel incredibly tight. Yeah. Um, as Glenn mentioned, the Zeppelin is a little bit slower. And it's, than even the then, it's not slower, is it? You wouldn't say it's yeah, slower. It's, you could happily play through that game with it. Yeah. I mean, it's just slightly slower and slightly larger, which should it should be because that's what yeah. it is. And it, I think the developers have balanced that out a little bit by giving it a little bit more health than the Striker. Yeah, because you expect resilient, to take yeah. a few more hits. Um, but it's. Both both crafts are really well balanced, and like we said, the um, their particular use in certain levels becomes quite evident, um, and it definitely makes the level easier if you've picked the right craft. We will do you guys a favour and obviously tell you which craft to pick for each level. Yeah, whether you pay attention or not. And it is the thing is, it is quite. I hate to say the word strict because that almost implies that you really can't play as the opposite craft, and we've just said that you can. Yeah, but you will find, yeah, if you play it a couple, two or three times, that you tend to, you will. There's no level in Steel Empire that is absolutely um, neutral, is there though? There's no. no level out of all seven that's neutral. Every single level you will find that one will be better than the other. Yeah. And, and so, that, that's because you're either predominantly, you know, fighting air targets, or, yeah, or air, or air targets. A, yeah, there's a lot of air targets and surface but, targets. But again, that says so. Using the word strict, but obviously to want to give yourself a bit more challenge here and there, then there's no harm in going out of your way to play through with the opposite craft to what you should be playing on that level, or what you, or what is sorry more useful for that level. Because you'll still be a play and enjoy it, but it will give yourself a few more extra challenges here and there. So as a little bit of bragging rights, it's not a bad thing to, to try out at all. You know, now. One of the things that we've already said, I particularly like about this game, the graphics. I mean, wow. Rich colour. Yeah, it's, absolutely rich. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of the levels, are, you know, you wouldn't think they were running on a Mega Drive. You'd think they'd be running on a SNES or when an I was, arcade. Well, when I was playing the other day, I mean, I, I mean, it was Gardani Beach, level four. The amount yeah. of parallax in the background was just absolutely oh, uh, astounding. I, I counted five or six layers That's just I, level of parallax. It just looks fantastic. It just brings you into the level. Bear in mind, this is a 2D game from 1992, but with the tunes in the background and that and seeing what you're seeing that, you just get drawn straight into the game, and um, it it that is amazing for what is essentially just a two D game, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is. It's some of the most graphically. It's one of the most graphically superior shooters I've seen on the Mega Drive, and uh, obviously there's things like Sun Thunder Force Four that came later, which was still fantastic, um, but they were a little bit later still, you know. So yeah. to see. Steel Empire do this in '92. You know, this is just astounding. Like, well, I mean, the way I see it, you, you've got a you've got a good mix of smaller enemies, which are all fairly interesting. They're all still you know, great. I mean, flapping, weird flapping planes and that, yeah, and yeah. auto gyros and the little tanks. As I said, they even have a little put little steam. They've even got a little um, like a little exhaust pipe on the top, so they're puffing off steam as the as they chug along. It's like this is a tiny little sprite, about five five mil five mil big. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's just amazing, the you, level of detail. You've got quite a decent range of like mid-level size enemies, which you know fill like half a screen typically. Yeah. And then you've got some massive, massive enemies that are basically background layers that are so big. Yeah. Um, you know, and you'll go around and they've all got multiple gun emplacements that you yes, can blow yeah. off individually to weaken certain parts. Yeah, There'll be doors the opening ones. and allowing smaller aircraft out that which you can destroy and stop that happening and stuff, you know. 
And uh, yeah, you can target like all the weapons, can't you? And destroy yeah. each part of the and the, and the bosses at what any well, one time. That's something that. else about about the enemy weapons as well. Not talking about the enemies themselves, yeah, but speaking about the enemy weapons again. This this actually this believe it or not feeds into presentation. Yeah. Um. This what I'm going to say does feed into presentation because in the English language manual, um, it does go into detail about the bosses. It doesn't talk much about the popcorn enemies because. People like to call them popcorn as well. Yeah, as in, as, in the, as in the filler. The yeah, 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 yeah. Like the littlest ones, you know, one or two hits and that. But um, they go into a little bit detail about the bosses and what they're armed with and how they attack. I mean, there's such things as trumpet guns and um, trumpet flame guns. flame blasters. And, and I mean, and it, it's and normally in many games like this, you might have two or three different enemy projectiles coming at you, like different types. You might have missiles and a couple of bullets going home in and maybe the odd laser or two. But Steel Empire's got that many different types of things firing at you. And you do really need to know what's getting shot at you to have any idea of uh, how to avoid it. Or It's not it's not the same as, as, um, as the cave shooting ups where they rely on different coloured uh, a different colour coat to depend on how you have to react to the weaponry and that um, for your bonuses. It's I not like that. It's too early. Like um, radiant silver. Yeah, with radiant. Um, it's not like the, Yes, it's not their type of system yeah, at all. It's nothing like that. It's nothing. It's not. That's not what I'm trying to say. But just that, like, you need to know what's being fired at you to help avoid it. I mean, for instance, some of the uh, bosses have uh, small homing missiles, and you, these can be shot. You know, yeah, but then other stuff sky, can't. can't you? uh, you'll find out later on without just spoiling it for you that one of the one particular boss where I've given it away, you can avoid its attacks by uh, using some of the scenery as. Uh, as a form of defence, you know, but you wouldn't know that initially till you did a bit exploring and a yeah. bit nosing about with the game itself. Another moment where I look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, well, I didn't find out until what until somebody else showed us. Well, but, uh, yeah, when, when I was going through the um, the playthrough that I recorded for the YouTube episode last night, I, and I was writing down notes for the levels and stuff, I actually noticed what you were talking about. I won't say too much now. We'll get into it in when we're talking yeah, about fighting boss. But it's important. Yeah, it is. It's pretty every, obvious when you look at it now, you know. But um, I guess presentation as well. Another part of that, the cinematics. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. And again, so, they've, they've even got the flicker, which, by the way, uh, don't high, put your head too close to the screen, like because the flicker can actually do some damage. I, I probably need to put an uh, epilepsy warning yeah, on YouTube. Maybe, yeah, yeah. But they they do they're done in exactly the style of an old sort of black and white. Uh, a silent movie and it just looks great like it's just exactly what or, for, or like a war propaganda film you know from world war one or early world war two stuff well you see that i hate to jump right to the end of the game but in the in the final part in the cinematic like the the credit sequence i don't know if you noticed but at the bottom it's got like presented in um was it i wrote it down technical no it was presented in oh, what was it called sorry i'll, I'll no, have it here it'll be that we'll we'll get to it anyway yeah. um I didn't that was this. it, Cube Stereo, which is it was a rip off of the Dolby logo, oh, and it's like yeah, this is yeah. it's well, yeah, well, yeah and it's funny. I'm pleased you say this because we nearly forgot this. It's pre it's presentation related as well, but um, I remember we, I mean, uh, looking at the website for the GBA remake. Um, now all this yeah. stuff, bear in mind, came from the original developers as well, so it is all official and does apply to the Mega Drive version. But they made up like what looks to be a fake sort of backstory about how the game came about. They says it was based on a novel and. Not a Jules Verne novel, but the novel, if I'm saying it right, is Imperio do Acerio. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. And, and it actually translates to uh, state, the Steel Empire. Right. Um, I believe that sounds actually Italian, doesn't it? Or something I'm not sure it's now. Something like that, yeah. But anyway, whichever language it is, because I haven't checked completely, I just went by what I've read. It's from 1819, apparently. But they can't find any any evidence at all of this book ever existing. And I mean, 1819 is not like it's, you know, the Middle Ages, so... 
there would be evidence of this spook somewhere. Yeah. So I think it was created just to give the not just the game, but the development of the game and to give it a bit more like PR. Yes. Uh, and there's a few other bits and pieces as well like that, you know, and the, there was stuff on the website that, that don't that just fleshed out fleshed out the history and the narrative of, of the game itself, you know. Um, yeah. and I thought it was it's great, it's great sort of PR. For, uh, for, to, to make the game big. It was nice to say it did actually do quite well, actually, because I thought it didn't at first as well. I, I'll be honest, I didn't check. I, one thing I usually do, I, I do have a look at reviews. Scores, scores says it did, I, I, I look at like, um, estimated sales, and I didn't on this one. So to I don't ever read about well two reviews back in the day, and it's got pretty middle Average. reviews, like 60s and 70s, and I thought... It's definitely a better game than Oh, it's way better, yeah. By it's five, better with by the top, top, top five, maybe. Mega Drive shooters. I think, uh, I think I would need to talk about sound and music, led. So... Oh, the hi. music, as as Glenn's already stated, it, it's very very good. And even I think even the development team knew that knew it was very good because the title screen itself has the musical um, sheet uh, scrolling yeah, along yeah, the screen. I, yeah. as the main I, I'd love on. to try and find out if that is actually. I think workable. it will be. I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised doing it if it wasn't. But I did find out. But the thing with Steel Empire as well, every single tune fits the environment you're in. Yeah, they've really looked at it. There's no way they've just slapped on tunes. Without any thought, they've given this a massive thought. I mean, every level. I mean, um, from the uh, the intense sort of like, let's get on with it sort of uh, vibe of level one, all the way through the sort of like the um, the semi victorious uh, theme of level six, when you've actually taken the fight to them. And Aye. I thought, you know, and anything in between. I mean, Is when it, when it the pushes floating, you, doesn't it? it actually, oh, yeah. giddies you up for I, the fight. This, this shows how much the game uh, put an impression on me. I mean, I remember Mark playing it and. Um, the first tune that stuck out to me, and I think the reason I looked at the screen when he was playing it was that the music was playing on a level, and then it kicked into a sort of very um, like nefarious sort of uh, evil military theme. And I had to look yeah. at the screen, and it was he was fighting the floating fortress. One, it's not a true mid boss, but one, it's a very big obstacle in one of the levels, and uh, and it was like, oh, Christ, this is cool. This it was like an enormous uh, f uh, flying fort, like flying castle made of stone, you know, and that was a. Uh, that was the first thing that had me hooked, just put here in that tune. And because the, the music changed so dramatically and so quickly, yeah. you just had to stop and look and see what was going on. Because I, I knew something big was coming. You know, that, you that, just knew it. The boss fight music, it's just the right level of sinister as fuck. Yeah. And it's just, you know straight away something big and evil's coming. Well, it's great. Like, it sets you up for it. You, you know? know what it is? It's a, the first time, it's not just that's the sound effect up, like the Colossus. You don't yeah. even see it. You, the, music, the music drifts off and you just hear the train start up. And then it when just it comes, comes on the screen, the music, the music and it's like, that's cool. Yeah. I said, obviously, we'll get back to some little changes in one of the other versions later that they made that even cooler still. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, for the Mega Drive to do that. But the new, like, literally, it's look, it looks like a thought about every little aspect of the game. It is. There's nothing being skimmed over at all. And is I thought it, that's just... Attention to detail in this game is yeah, second and on. Absolutely. Really um, and again, I said, like, going back to just what I said, I mean, we, obviously, we discuss our own reviews later. But going back to the reviews I read at the time, like contemporary magazines now, they did give it middling to good reviews. Like I said, I've seen some maybe sixes, maybe one or two eights. I didn't see a load of reviews. Like, as well, I maybe just didn't get enough. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out in, like, a busy period when there was a lot of big games. Well, it did, though. The thing is, in 92, you had missed. that much. I mean, 92 was probably a peak year for Mega Drive. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't starting to trail off till about back in the 93, 94, where things started to slow down a little bit. Aye. As new consoles were coming in. And I think, I mean, I can't say for definite, but I think had it come out in a quieter time, People yeah. probably would have spent more time but and actually yeah. noticed all the little details. Like, and, and, you you, you've got to remember, it's coming out after things like Thunder Force 3. I mean, you've... Um, 
uh, like Glare Lancer and that, and um, Eliminate Down and all them. I mean, there was a lot of, I mean, all spear shooters, but they were all generally well received and all. And I mean, some of these were Japan only, but people were important left, right, and centre. I mean, you remember yeah. Collins, don't you? Oh, Maybe that's Megaware. We might have to make an article on Collins Megaware one day. <laughs> honestly, honestly, he was a legend. But this guy could get anything, you know. And I mean, you would see some stuff that, like, well, he had Neo Geo's and all, didn't he? So yeah. seeing the stuff on the Neo Geo and that just blows away. But it was, it was a golden time to be to be a gamer, like it was. But the, um, yeah, the, I mean, the music, a fantastic use of the uh, Yamaha 2612. Like, it's, yeah. it's really good. And I, I do stand by the music of the Mega Drive being, version being the best of the three main versions I of agree, the game as well. I agree, I agree. We'll touch on that later. Yeah, definitely. The sound effects, um, I've, I'm, I would say decent. You know, there's good no enough, sample yeah. sounds. Yeah, um, I mean, I actually think the sound of you hitting the enemy sounds silly. Uh, it should be more of like a, yeah. a metallic sound, which they use for later versions, which That's makes more sense. More like a ticking sound. Or it, it's yeah. like a, a, it's, I can't describe it. it. It sounds almost almost organic. Yeah, like an organic sound effect. It, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's probably been deliberately done because it's a weird sound. To so you know you're definitely damaging the thing. Yeah. Plus the enemies always flash as well. If you're talking about bosses and that. I mean, all, all enemies uh, make the same sound. But at least you know you're hitting it and you're damaging it because it makes a ting, ting, ting. If you hit something, it can't be hurt. So I never, it does make it metallic. I never noticed any sound clipping or anything in the game either. So, you know, like they seem to have the channels balanced nicely. So it's like there's a lot, you know, everywhere's got its own channel. It's, you don't lose any sound. No, what I mean? sounds great. Like, because um, of the music or vice versa. You don't yeah. lose any music because of the sound effects, that kind of thing. So well, I think, look yeah. at Streets of Age 3 there. <laughs> I think if you moved away from sound effects for one second, no one mentioned like any criticism about the uh, about how you know the game is struggling a bit as well. You get a bit slow down. Yeah, there's, there's a fair level bit, three level has a very three and four, say, you yeah. fight one of them large uh, airships, don't you? Yeah, it's got a couple of paddles on the side, and that bit there, so there's a lot of bullets because it fires a lot of bullets at you, and that has a bit of slowdown and screen break up at the time, and then it never happens again. So yeah, that's um, it. It's, it's obviously you wouldn't keep that for criticism, but it's just like if you, it just shows that like the game is. Is trying hard, you know what I mean? Aye. It's working hard for the team to make coverage. So, but um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I haven't really got much more to say on sound music myself. Why don't we talk about the actual enemies? Oh, quite and, well. I mean, I oh, oh, we'll talk about the level. Why, why, yeah, why don't we do what we did last time? We'll do the levels, the levels with we'll the do, enemies with the yeah, bosses we'll in the there. Boss, that, I'd, yeah. I'd like to take over this point because I've got uh, say I've got very well. We both have have fond memories of. Uh, and like I say, we, we won't break down the regular enemies because there's that many of them, and we've already done a rough, uh, yeah. a, a rough sort of overview of what you fight. I mean, there's some amazing stuff. We don't want to spoil too much, so you want to play it yourself. Um, there's little mini castles as well with with little propellers and that fire and mini cannons, as all sorts of emplacements and stuff like that. So you'll see all that for yourself. But I do want to talk about the bosses and the seven levels of the game. Now we'll begin our uh, our mission in the Mind City Wall. Now Mind City Wall is. Um, it's a pretty easy level because it should be. I mean, you, you start with a, uh, it's a, it's a air to ground level. Now the best, we'll go into this now as well. The best um, vessel you should be using for this level is actually a striker Strike airplane. Yeah. Again, because going by what I've already just given away, it's a ground, it's an air to ground level, so it's got the bombs, so it does actually work better for this level. Um, uh, you, you, some of the enemies that you fight are weird, sort of windmills that will actually take off like rockets when you shoot them, and then they fire at you again. It's weird, it's bizarre, and, and again, just how creative. Um, it's, uh, I mean, the level itself looks very much like what you'd expect from a World War One war-torn city. I mean, there's, there's a, in the background. There's a, a ton of colour in the level. Yeah, though, it is, yeah. Little, out, background level go, they have like what looks like a Russian sort of, Russian palace, isn't that, in the background, you know? Yeah. We always get that vibe with it and all. Like, I mean, like maybe there's a Russian vibe to some of this, you know? But uh, it's just the colours and used, like a lot of purples and uh, gold 
purple and gold to create the yeah. buildings, which look very majestic, don't they? There's a, there's a lot of ground it. enemies in here. There's a lot of um, smaller air enemies. Yeah. Um, it doesn't waste time though, Glenn, in shooting no. the bigger enemies at you. It, do, it doesn't, and you do get you do have one big notable enemy without being a true boss. Is actually a form of carrier. Uh, it drops tanks. It drops little tanks yeah. uh, on parachutes, and it takes quite a bit of uh, firepower to kill. And there's there's about three of them come across, and while you're in your unpowered upstate, it's rare that you'll actually be able to kill them. But on a later level in the game, you do actually see this vessel in full, and it's actually quite big and quite menacing. But uh, I mean, as I said, it's, it's nothing more than a uh, what you might want to call an elite level enemy. It's not even a middle boss. Now, the true middle boss, bear in mind, nearly every level, not actually every level, nearly every level has uh, a middle boss and an end boss. And um, the middle boss of this level is a, a middle, a mid-sized, mid-sized flying battleship called the Type Two Skycutter, a uh, Sky Clipper, actually. And uh, it's quite cool looking. It's great. Bear in mind, this is a middle boss. And it's the first middle boss of the game. It's about six or seven times the size of your plane. Uh, yeah. It's hardly a screen filler, but it's about half the screen size. It uh, attacks with various rockets and gun emplacements. The thing is about all the bosses as well, um, you you don't just fire at this thing until it goes up in smoke. Um, they tend to have various phases to them. And if not actual phases, they'll have various destructible points, as Mark discussed earlier when talking about bosses at the beginning, and various uh, large vehicles. And... Um, now, this ship, the Type 2 Sky Clipper, does have a couple of different uh, phases to it. I mean, initially, it starts out firing rockets directly at you. The rockets aren't homing, and the fire from the back of the front. So you, the first port of call is to basically be taking out the front and back portions of the ship. Uh, it, it's suspended. It's flying in the air with four propellers on top. Um, like I say, it's a flying battleship. It looks more like something that should be stuck in the sea, but clearly it's not. Uh, you take out the... Uh, you take out the, the rockets and it's got a few aerial bombs as well that fire at the top. So you move from shooting the top uh, bottom portion, uh, the bottom two portions to then taking out the two gun emplacement areas at the top and then that finishes it off. But it takes a fair bit of punishment and it's not a, it, it's easy but it's not a breeze. I mean, it's not like a, you'll probably take a few hits, you know, uh, especially if you play on one of the higher difficulties. You know, I mean, it's a worthy mid-level level one boss. Uh, but anyway, you shoot that and that, that catches fire and it doesn't just blow up in explosions, which I thought was cool. It actually does, like, basically, it, you shoot it down and it, it will drift off the screen in, yeah. in flames, you know, and I think that looks cool as hell. Um, the boss of this level is, as mentioned earlier, something called the Colossus Cannon Train, and um, it's one of the biggest bosses in the game, which is great for the first boss. It's so impressive. It, uh, initially, when you do get to see it, because it's got a very ominous opening to it, you know, which I would discussed earlier, where you could hear the train before you even see it, um, it actually has an enormous cannon on the back. Telescope, yeah. yeah, a telescope and cannon, as in uh, it's on it's on an arm that can stretch up or down. Fires massive cannonballs, the almost the size of your plane, directly at you. Don't home in or anything like that. And it's quite easy to avoid, really. Yeah. But the aim of this area is because the cannon actually uh, pivots. Uh, pivots. What would the word be? It, it telescopes it, it slower, yeah. slower than you move up or down. So the idea again, it's like a puzzle boss to some degree. Um, the idea is to move up the screen to some degree and then move back down to target the unprotected uh, telescoping area yeah, like of the, the actual cannon. Lifting, yeah, yeah the, 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 the uh, hydraulic ram, yeah. whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know. Um, and then once you shoot that enough time, the cannon explodes. So you destroy that part of the part. And then the next, there's a second carriage after that one, after the first gun carriage, which has a couple of turrets on. Turrets are not spectacular or anything, just fire simple bullets straight at you. So this bit isn't too difficult, but you need to destroy them, a couple of the turrets, and then you'll take on the locomotive itself. 
Now that has um, it has a this pretty main spread gun on the side of it, which fires bullets in all directions. Um, it also has, I believe, it has a couple of other shots as well. It doesn't just drive rounds, does it? The, no, it's got a, it's got, home it's got a little, um, uh, it's got home missiles, and there's a little um, gun and place and pops them on the side of the, of the engine. Uh, that, that fires, one with fires yeah, 360 volley, fires 360 volley and it also occasionally, if you, to to hit this thing, really, I mean, obviously, if you're using the striker or, or even the Zep because the the mines will hit it. Uh, you want to be flying above it for the most part and just peppering it with bombs, Definitely. but you can get down in its face basically because it's massive. So getting down in front of the lo the local as it's coming towards you and shoot directly backwards into it, yeah, uh, and all of it's vulnerable. You don't have to just shoot into the window or not, but it will. You've got to watch out for this. It will occasionally stop. As in the screen will stop and the the the, the, the train will try and ram you. It's got this massive disgusting looking blade on the front of it. Ah, it's yeah, got what looks a like a it's plow got, type. Yeah, it's, it's got a, it, well, it, it should be a plow, but it looks more like uh, somebody's knife. Yeah. An enormous bayonet stuck to the front. So, you know, but again, don't get hit by any of it. Not too hard to kill. It's a lot more um, imposing looking than it is to kill, really, isn't it? Yeah, but it just looks great. And it's a, a really fun fight. Um, anyway, on to level two. Now, level two well, is... Actually, Glenn, before uh, we go on to level two, um, one thing that we've missed completely. Um, you mentioned in level one there about being unleveled up, you know, like lower level. So what we didn't mention... Um, one thing I really like about this, actually, you don't pick up other weapons in this game. Yeah, so you've you got level up one shot, gun, yeah. But you, you can pick up these um, EX pickups, which yeah. is basically experience. Mm -hmm. And every time you pick up three, you level up and you can reach up to level 20. 20 yeah. And between level one and level 20 is significant in, in the amount of yeah, damage you Yeah, we found this out, out, out the hardware. Um, basically, you need to pick up pick up every single one. Generally speaking, you're definitely fully powered up by level six. But level uh, six, yeah, yeah. You, you, they are crucial to the game. Um, but it's great. What's really good about Steel Empire, which uh, really um, really gets me to love this game over nearly any other horizontal shooter, is that if you die, you don't lose your experience. And uh, yeah. yeah, it does make it easier, which I don't have a problem with. That, but it's quite a long game. It's nearly an hour long. Um, but I, I don't I believe it. I mean, you, you can also pick up like little optional drones, so you do lose yeah. those if you lose a life. So although they do help, the, the, it's not a game changer to lose those. Where I've I've seen so many classic shooters where when you lose a life and you lose your power ups, you literally could be stuck. You've literally yeah. you, you've, you've soft locked the game almost. Yeah, you've almost soft locked the game because it's so hard now that like, you're very unlikely to get any further with your tour plan shooters are guilty of that sometimes. Yeah, noticed. There's also yeah. a um, a pick up with an S. And I, I was talking to you about this yesterday, wasn't I? Yeah. I, I'm still trying to work out whether this is a stamina. And when I say a stamina, you, as I mentioned before, the striker plane and the zip have different levels of energy because it, it's not a one-hit kill you. Yeah. You, you've got an energy And you bar. take quite a bit of hits and all, don't you? You do, you take high. a few hits, yeah. But what, what you notice between level one and level seven, those stamina bars increase in size. So I'm wondering, is the S... A stamina pickup, yeah, it actually speed, adds yeah, to your stamina sure experience because uh, it, yeah, it's not speed because you don't notice any difference. No, in the and speed. You, sh you shouldn't, ah, uh, yeah, just don't think yeah. it's at all. No, and then talking about the GBA ones, it's a completely different icon again, like it's like it, it could well, be stamina. Or something, it's either or? the GBA or the DS that actually has um also a full life icon. I think right. it was a gold heart, I can't remember now, but it might be a gold heart, and you pick a mat and you just get that a full fills, life. Yeah, don't think that's on the Mega up, Drive yeah. at all, if I remember right. No, it's not, it's not. That would make the game easier, so yeah, um. I'll actually, I'll get these with a few little notes out before you go on to level two. Yeah, so, sure. Um, yeah, so one of the things I said, when, when you lose all your lives at the start of a boss, does it, I mean, I remember I, I lost the credit pretty early on. It must be like level two or something. And I was maybe only, 
halfway to the level and it started as back at the beginning of the level i was thinking oh fuck it's one of them i'm going to be on here just trying to finish this because i couldn't remember but then if you get to a boss fight and you die you actually respawn at the checkpoint which is the boss so you start from there again which is, is quite generous to be yeah. fair um so that's that's a good thing you, you start with three credits and four lives and we didn't mention this but difficulty wise I would have said it's quite well balanced. If I uh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I never used to play on any harder than normal anyway. Yeah. But uh, even easy sometimes, just because I felt like it. But it, it was just for an enjoyable playthrough, that's all. The rest of these difficulty notes are, are probably um, more directed at certain enemies in the game. So, sorry to butt in, mate. Let's do level two. Oh, no, boy. Right. Well, it's the Caverns of Lydengle, if I'm pronouncing that Le right. Lydengle or something. Le Lydengle, have you said now? I've noticed that in the 3DS and the JBA uh, versions, some of the names of the levels now have been changed a bit. Now, I'm not going to go with that because we are focusing more on the Mega Drive with the other two versions to be mentioned later on, just to, uh, for a little bit of uh, a talk about. Probably because of stupid Europeans. No, I, I, th I think, to be honest with you, I think the other two versions actually translated directly from the Japanese version. Right. So the lifted, I've looked at the English, and the link English is atrocious. Ah, uh, so right, I okay. think they've literally changed, possibly change it mechanically as opposed to like getting someone to go in and actually change stuff and change the names where they felt it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I noticed that, I thought, like, that that's not being done properly, that it's just been done quickly. So they probably have actually changed names like for like. Uh, Lie Dengel actually had it's something to do with angels going by what was, uh, so it's actually probably a real word. Makes, um, makes sense, yeah. yeah. But that, again, uh, the name of the level is a bit of a giveaway. I mean, it's an underground level where you're, in the dark for part of it. I mean, you're not. Don't worry. You're not actually in the dark. It's just like it's got like lanterns, light, light in the way. Yeah, and everything's um, divid as well. Like yeah, that's obviously. it. You've got like bits of simple, simple sort of transparency effect in there, yeah. trying to make it look dark on that. Give you a little bit of uh, restriction in light, but not too much. A lot of the enemies here, are, I mean, still fighting flying enemies. I mean, it, it is still a big enough area to move around in, um, like and fly. But you've got a lot of little tanks and little gun emplacements that have makes the striker a good choice for this level as well. In my yeah, uh, well. Uh, what's interesting here is um, it is a striker, but I've seen people occasionally use the, uh, the Zep. So if there was a level that might border on almost neutral, yeah, this one, yeah, but, uh, I agree. But yeah, I mean, generally, the striker is still the best uh, craft for this level. Um, two bosses again, a middle boss and uh, an end boss. Well, yeah, but there's rock falls as well. Which oh, we've got, yeah. Well, well, the rock falls, or um, that comes into play after fighting the first boss, isn't it? Mm. The middle boss. No, yeah. Um, what happens is you get the rock falls. Uh, so you, you do oh, like yeah, three you rock falls. Yeah, so, I, yeah. so it scrolls diagonally as the rock it, falls. That's it. And they're coming back, but you can shoot them as well, though. Yeah, you can shoot, shoot the rocks the rock out of the sky. So they never really pose a big threat. Yeah. And then when you get to the bottom of all the rock falls, that's when you take you on the come tunnel across tank. the. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It basically looks like a big. It looks like Ostro off Mario 2 is being grafted to the front of it. Aye, it doesn't fire the robot version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a cool-looking vehicle. It's not very big as well. It's a strange-looking purple contraption. I mean, yeah. to call it the tank is odd, but it's called the tunnel tank. But again, its main feature is, as Mark says, it's got like what looks like an Ostro mouth or Birdo, is it? Like, is it Birdo? One? I don't Aye. know because I've seen it called two different things. But either way, that uh, yeah, gay purple guess. thing. Right? Yeah, that thing. I With a bone at head. It's exactly yeah. Now, uh, the tunnel tank doesn't spit eggs at you. In fact, it spits nothing like that at you at all uh, that would give birth to small versions of itself. It just ends up uh, firing missiles, lots of little missiles. And it's also rockets. telescopic as well. It well, that, that's what's down, I, uh, what it does is, what its little speciality is, it, um, it it does something similar to what the cannon did on the cannon train in the, the, of the first boss, in that it will raise up and down to meet where you, where you are, where you were like, 
uh, in relation to it and um, what you need to be doing is but i'm pretty sure you can just shoot the whole thing you don't have to shoot it uh shoot the hydraulics you can just shoot the the the, the light on the front shoot enough times and it stops um stops extending the the top half of the tank and it just sits on the bottom and continues to move backwards but that still fires the rockets except the rockets now simply move up and down the meter yeah. it's very it's actually quite easy it's probably easier than the first middle boss really because it literally just attacks this one way and it's very easy to follow its pattern you just lead the rockets and then move downwards to attack it again or even just drop bombs on it quite easy but it's interesting but the death of this vehicle triggers off the uh, the second feature of this level which is like explosive sparks that create uh, well that ignite the gases in the in the, uh, in the is caverns, that what's happening which you warned like, about yeah on the intro ah, you want to watch out for and the, the the death of the tunnel tanks what's what triggers it uh, it's actually more noticeable on the later versions of the game than the mega drive which i thought was quite cool because you don't really it notice give you it. Any indication. it doesn't it doesn't at all it, it looks like it's just got electric um like arcs around it doesn't it it, it so crashes right, and stops that, yeah it doesn't blow up the same as the other bosses it just stops doesn't it and it's all mangled yeah and then but the next thing you know you scroll off screen and then there's an explosion and then you end up going from right to left at a much faster pace yeah uh, which is quite a tough tough move actually the one good thing about this is and it is less on harder levels uh, harder difficulty sorry but you get like a lot of energy pickups here because you will take damage um what happens ah, is you're hitting the scenery it, yeah. it's a gauntlet yeah it's a gauntlet of thin tunnels leading up and down and diagonals and there's still enemies to fight as well although not as many and most of them are just like bonus balloons and that but you do have to be careful in the section because you uh, if you're not used to it or you're not uh very quick on your toes you will lose a life here it's not a very long section though and once you get out of this uh this area you end up fighting the games uh end of level two boss which is the mole tank now this vehicle um is very very different from what you're seeing in the tunnel tank it looks like a giant sort of uh, drilling T machine tbm tunnel boring yeah it is and it's got the drills on it i mean it's covered in drills um it also has like a sort of turret on the top which has its own cannons this thing has turrets on the side it's got a turret on the front and the front one on the back so it's firing loads of shit at you as usual there uh once you've done enough damage to them two turrets the top part of the tank lifts off and that sort of flies around and that has its own little cannon yeah uh, which fires a little cannon sticks at the bottom doesn't it pops I think, out I think it does yeah so you've got that thing firing at you as well and it's quite nasty it's a it's not a very big boss i mean i mean it's it's not even about half the size of the colossus from level one but it doesn't need to be because it's like it's nasty in itself but when the top pops off yeah you do enough damage to that and you might think right probably not much right, more to go and then thing, right? yeah and then you you've got to keep your eye on the base of the tank because another little turret pops up from the tank doesn't it right. like a little triple a little triple gun comes up it's got three balls and that starts firing other like volley bombs start firing um, volley like i think oh yeah like, 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 like more like, 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 like great uh, great yeah. sort of like what would the best way to describe you know like what comes out of a volcano basically Aye, like, yeah. yeah so it's actually quite easy to avoid because of where the fire you can just stand in one place yeah it's it's not but it, it, fly it, in one place it, it's just if you stay out of the way you, you'll um destroy pretty easy but you, you hit this cannon enough times and you've destroyed the mole tank but again it just as just as with the previous bosses it's another cool cool boss that's been so well designed and uh with love like from the development team yeah, stage three is Sky District Zector or something. Yeah, Sky District Zector. I well, this this is probably my favourite level. I love the music. Yeah, it's just atmospheric because you're in the sky, you're seeing the cloud. Lovely parallax again. It is. Um, right. Lots of new enemies here as well, and bigger enemies like bigger uh, popcorn and uh, like um, 
elite level en enemies like uh, mini bosses, not middle bosses, but mini bosses, characters that take a lot of damage. Because it's the Sky District, it's the first level we would seriously suggest using the Zep core. And it does work perfectly, yeah. yeah. Um, and it is, it really does want you to use this uh, vessel because you'll uh, find out why later on. Um, mainly because of the upward fire and aerial mines, because they're very handy for this. Um, and again, you've got a lot of bullets in the sky now because you've got no, you haven't got any um, obstacles like as in to crash into because it's completely in the sky. So you've got no surface obstacles or roof obstacles like a, yeah. a, like the cavern or like the rails on, on the level one or the tunnels and that. So yeah, um, it is an open level. Um, like I say, this level is interesting because it's, it's still strictly only got a middle boss and an end boss, but it almost implies that it's got another boss, even though it's not strictly true. The target of this level is actually a, is a, is a vessel called the Floating Fortress. Yeah. Now, what this actually is, is it's really... It's not a boss in itself, it's more of a part... What would you say? It's part of the scenery, really. It, it, well, yeah, it's... it's you know, just what a... can we compare it to another game? Well, it's not like an actual boss, it's just... It, it's referred to as a. As a as it looks something. like something out of Mega Man, the um, air, air stage. I know what you mean. Or like Mario 3, it, you know, uh, you had yeah, the, the, the ships and that. Uh, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, right, it's flying, it, 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 like I say, it, it's all scripted. It's like a scripted boss, you want to call that. Yeah, idea is it's a big stone, massive stone uh, uh, for us. And it's got lots of propellers and gun turrets and um, like little hatches where it releases little planes and auto gyros and that. And I mean, you can hit them if you want, or you don't have to. It actually doesn't make any yeah. difference apart from score. I mean, you're meant to destroy it in the narrative of the story, but it's not. It's not a boss. So just do as much damage as you can to what you can. I mean, you can't destroy most of the stone turrets anyway. So basically, what happens is, and it's it is fairly easy. There's a couple of sections where you got to be careful, aren't you? Like you can get trapped near the top. Yeah. And when it moves upwards, because it does again, it's scripted, so it moves. It's part of the scroll, and and if you don't move far enough to the top of the screen, you'll get caught on the battlements, and you'll do damage and potentially lose life. So just be wary of where you are and where you move because you can get trapped. But once you're over it and you've done your last bit of damage, um, yeah, um, well, actually, I, I messed up a little bit here because I forgot to mention the middle boss. But I'll go back to that in a second. But once, yeah. you've, once you've gotten to the end of the floating fortress, you will fight the boss of this level. But I'll stop there for a second. I'll go back to the middle boss. Before you face the floating fortress, the mini boss, and to be fair, it's not too interesting because it's just the Type 2 Sky Clipper again. It's the exact, one. Yeah, it's, it's the same middle boss level one with one small addition. I mean, it looks identical. It's the same colour. Pattern's the same. But now it does have small a small cluster of homing missiles. Also fire from the top of the uh, the turret section. Now you can destroy them with your bullets. So they're not really hard. It's just it does have this extra weapon now. So it's just something to watch for. But die is just as easy. And bear in mind, you're probably about level five or six now as well, at least, in your, um, your power-up, in your... Um, you know, yeah, yeah, your experience, yeah, yeah, your experience level. So, yeah, you, you will take it out quite easy. So, I will now jump forward onto the final boss of this level is the um, the Aero Gunship Class One, and um, this is one of the most impressive bosses in the game. And uh, it's fact to me personally, it's one of the most impressive uh, bosses in a horizontal shooter. Um, for a good comparison, anyone who loves our type might remember the Mega Battleship, which is not just the boss of level three; it is level three. And um, this is that. This is exactly like that, as in you're fighting this enormous uh, multi-screen filling ship, airship that has that is just bristling with turrets and guns, um, but not in the same way that the floating fortress was. This is an actual uh, 
I mean, I don't know whether to call it a sprite in itself, because it probably still is it's probably a background, background yeah, 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 moving background, but it, it makes you interact with it properly. Like hitting the ship itself will uh, either do damage or not, depending on where you're hitting it, and uh, you can destroy this as well. So it will actually uh, explode. You get the satisfaction of destroying this thing. But anyway, you have to work your way all around it, and you start at the back, and you'll be uh, taking out gun turrets and um, little hatches that will release planes and auto gyros. And you work your way along the top of it. Again, it's got the same type of gun turrets that release multi bullets. Take out as much of them as you can. You don't have to, but generally it's best to, because after a while it'll, it'll lead you around to the front of the ship where um, you'll be faced by more. Uh, little propeller guns. Yeah, or it could be actually a later version of this. No, no, you, you've uh, yeah, you've got um when you go out the front, there's like a there two guns, propellers. The propellers out. But yeah. they don't, the propellers don't fire at you in this one. Mm. Um, it's just there's a gun, couple of guns around there Thought on the bottom. Right that. Yeah. Thought that was right. I saw you don't have too much of danger going on the front, but you have to work your way around the bottom of it. And uh, again, there's more like turrets in the belly as well. But the main area here. There's a couple of extending turrets as well that like move uh, outwards and then fire and then go back in. So you don't have to destroy some of this stuff, but you're best off just doing it for to make life easy. But uh, then there's a, a small area with a, a like an armored like an armored cover, and you need to shoot this cover off, and that will reveal a, a multi a big multi gun turret in the belly, like within the ship itself, because you've actually blown a chunk out, and you need to hit this and destroy it multiple times. Uh, to, to you know hit it multiple times and destroy it. Sorry. Yeah, well, it, it takes it comes from the right first and then it'll yeah, go it away, alternates, it'll come from yeah. the left. So it's like it's there's two guns there, um, and they both come out at separate times. Yeah, different times. And so you've got to keep repositioning to make sure you shoot back use and your forward. upward mines. And you use the mines. Which is the best thing to do. Yeah, what you can do is here as well. If you're using the zip, which it should be, you don't even have to go into the hole really. Just uh, just just keep the ship just slightly out. And uh, just keep firing your minds in the general direction of which way the gun's going to come out of, and plus it'll do more damage anyway, and uh, you'll destroy it before you know. But it's a long, it's quite a long and interesting fight, on it. It's quite enjoyable. So uh, I, I, I like that fight. I like that boss. It uh, is. It's good. You destroy that one, and you're then on the level four, which is the Gardani Beach. Now this is a beautiful looking level. Yeah, this one. It's again, it's got a great tune as well, though. Uh, Gardani Beach. It's. Um, I mentioned earlier, but I mentioned again. I mean, the parallax scroll in this level just looks fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's just great. Um, new craft as well. I mean, you end up fighting uh, little hovercraft on that now, which look like the waterborne versions of the tanks that you're seeing on level one. So they look cool, and uh, they come off the water and they just skim across the actual land and back in the water again. It just looks great. Um, there's various cannon, massive cannons as well, which look like gigantic sort of vintage cannons with on on cannon. Cannon carriages and that on wheels and everything. So yeah, when, when yeah. you're starting a level, you um you can the actual cannonballs are coming down at yeah. you, aren't they? Yeah. But you can't see what's firing. And you find out what's firing them later and see these massive cannons. There's a couple of them in the level. I mean, they're generally quite. They're not that dangerous, really. It's nah, more it's, it's, it's more of just a little attention to detail that this game shows. Um, but again, you know, and a lot of the old enemies appear as well. The middle boss in this one's quite unusual. It's something called the uh, the sea skimmer. And it's a, it's a middle-sized battleship. Again, it's about the size of the Type 2 Skyclipper from Level 1 and 3. Uh, but this is a whole different kettle of fish now. I mean, um, as much as it's not that imposing, it's a weird-looking thing. It's actually based on a Manta Ray, I would say, looking at it. Yeah. The yeah, design. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I says yesterday, didn't I? It looks like it's almost it's a, a seafaring ship yeah. in the sky. And I suppose yeah. it's called a sea skimmer. Yeah. Maybe that's the intention. It can go in water. Yeah, yeah that's what it looks eye. like. So it's yeah. quite a cool looking thing, and it's got a rocket, rocket powered. Uh, well, it's got like a big propeller on the back actually. But this thing attacks with. Um, this is firing rockets at you and all sorts, and then um, 
you have to blow away a portion on the top and that opens up something called a trumpet gun and that <laughs> uh, that fires that fires tons of tons of crap at you until you uh, destroy it so this is a two stage boss battle and all and uh, it takes quite a bit of uh, quite a bit more punishment than the uh, mid level boss from level 1 and 3 uh, it takes it takes some uh, shots to take it down like but it's uh, like I say, it's interesting boss. Um, once you've downed that, is this a level for the Zeppelin? Do I think it is, isn't it? Um, no, no. I would it's say this is a level for the Striker. I actually, don't have surface. one written down for this. This is a surface level again to yeah. me. So I generally plus it's much better for this for the final boss as well. That's true. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which we'll get to now. And now it's the uh, Navier or Navier submarine, depending on how it's pronounced. Um, this is a massive purple submarine that uh, again uh, fights in a few different um, has a few different levels to it few different phases. Uh, initially, when the, the music changes, you'll just see a periscope come up yeah, the water. Yeah, it's actually quite small. You could probably miss it. Yeah, you could. Attention. So you do need to pay attention because uh, it's not just a periscope that comes up as well. It begins to fire tons of gigantic ballistic missiles. It meet like vertical yeah. up and they're all like in various... They tend, uh, they tend to pop up in a certain way, so you need to move from one extreme edge of the screen to the other to yeah, avoid them yeah you, so, you, so it, like you start at the left hide at the very extreme left side and they can't get you and then you go to the right and stay at the very right side yeah. and they can't get you there and so yeah, on yeah. I know it usually takes two or three rounds yeah it's, of the it's not tough it's off. not too tough yeah it's not too tough but it's just um, again it's an interesting way to introduce this boss because you you know by then that there's obviously a submarine down there but you don't know what exactly it is until it comes up and it's, it's an amazing looking thing again it's a, it is a submarine but it's a very fish like I mean, it's got like sort of fins at the back and that, and it just, yeah. it looks like something out of uh, 20,000 leagues beneath the sea. It looks like what Captain Nemo would have driven, uh, would have piloted. There's a, um, um, there's a good use of vertical line swollen as well on the submarine itself, as it looks like it rocks. Yeah. Um, yeah. On on the surface of the water and that. Oh, yeah, that's right. That does happen on the Mega yeah. Drive version. I thought it happened on the other ones. It's not I. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. It's uh, just to give it a bit more to that it's moving back and forwards a bit as yeah, well. Yeah, like bobbing that's up and down. Yeah. yeah. It looks great. But uh, it. Um, it has uh, it attacks with rockets and um, does it have the missiles as well. Not because I'm really keep thinking. I think it does. Yeah. That. I know that the uh, the turret pops up as well and that fires some more. I think that's got three way shots at you. Because one's firing like three way shots straight at you. I just remember being kind of lethal. But um, you were, uh, if I remember right, you blew off the front of it and then the turret stuck out. It can't go back in. Not I right. can't remember. Uh, and at that point there, you just need to target the turret. Targeting the turret is the best way. Um, it's, it, it's quite lethal by now. I mean, you're talking about the bosses are getting pretty nasty, and uh, this one does put up a hell of a fight. Like so, uh, once you've destroyed it by uh, taking out the turret, it will be the end of the uh, Navier submarine. So that's level four. Um, level five, it's probably another one of my best, one of my favourites. This Damn one city. is Damned City, yeah, and uh, this is actually now the capital city of Motorhead. You've you're taking the fight to them now, and. Um, some similarities level three. Now, the best uh, vessel to take here is definitely the Z. Yeah. I mean, because it's another fully air, air to air level. And when I get to the boss and, and all, you'll understand why it's uh, much more closer to um, level three uh, in, in the setup of a level. A lot of the same enemies are appearing now. Uh, you also have uh, some very fast flying kamikaze yeah. jets coming at you, and there's lots of them that do a lot of uh, damage. And also, you have to be on your toes with this. The background's great because it's a midnight scene. So you're looking at the, the the city lit up at midnight and on the searchlights. Uh, also worth mentioning that your um, your capital ship, the um, the the Reinhardt, at this point your ship is destroyed. This ship's been with you from the start of the game, as in it's been your flying aircraft carrier that you've always went back to for your missions. It's your, yeah. it's your, it's your mother ship basically, and that gets taken out by 
the boss, which I'll not tell you about just yet. This is the first level in the game that doesn't strictly have a middle boss. Instead, it's got two end bosses. So um, interesting one, that. But uh, what happens is you, you move to the first boss, and the first boss is the Aero Gunship Class 2. Now, it's the same type of ship as the Level 3 boss, but it's red now. But this one, um, apparently it's meant to be an upgrade, but to be honest, it's it should really be a middle boss, even though the music changes and it's it's classes. You're fighting two boss enemies, really. It's, uh, it goes down quite easy. You, you immediately, again, because there's a bit of script into this boss, you immediately go to fight it from the bottom. Like, you take out a few turrets at the back, then it leads you already straight around the bottom of the ship, and uh, you immediately want to take out its belly gun, but now it has electric charges as well. So when you destroy that section it'll a small electric arc will appear in the gap so you either lock yourself into the gap and risk getting damaged by the cannon the multi-shot cannon or again if you've got these that which you should have you're probably safer to stay outside and fire the aerial mines into the yeah, gap definitely uh, but do watch out for that it does give you an indication it's going to light up but it's something that didn't happen on the first iteration of this boss so do be careful uh, it's quite easy to destroy this one it does go down quite easy because after you've destroyed that you immediately enter a battle with the Aero Gunship Class 3, which is their most powerful airship uh, that they've created. And you fight that one in much the way you fought the first one, in that you'll have to take it out from the back first and then work your way along the top. But this time it's got much more firepower. Uh, same type of firepower, much more. Uh, when you lead round to the front of the ship, you'll take on a couple of extra guns now in the form of the propeller guns. Again, they're not they're nothing crazy to write home about. They literally fire propellers at you, so just be wary of that because you didn't have to... You didn't have to face that the first time around. Um, again, it's just a bit nasty overall. But then you wait, you work your way around to the bottom again, take it out from the bottom like you've done with the last two. Um, but again, it now has the extra the energy, the, the electricity arcs that the, the second um, gunship had. So just be wary. It takes about as long at the fight as the very first one you fought in level three. So, But it's interesting I had to take on two of these. It's a hell of a freaking battle though. Yeah. The good thing is though, before you take them on, you get a wave of those UFO things where, so you yeah. pick up some extra yeah, bombs bomb. and health and that. And you will probably use a couple of bombs at time to try and take out the cannon a bit quicker as well. Yeah, so I, just I, be I wary use, of that. I use all my bombs to try and take it out. <laughs> After that you've beat this, you're on to level six, which is the germ burn fortress. Uh, and you're also, you're also in their mind city now. So, um, it, it looks, it's got shades of level one in that year you start out, you, you hit, you, you're looking at some almost familiar scenery, yeah. including the railway as well. It is, which, like it's full reverse, isn't it? You've went from defending yeah, your capital to, cool. to now attacking their mining capital. It's great. Um, and again, I mean, by now you're seeing a lot of the same enemies. There's a few new uh, new types pop up here and there, but nothing much. Um, middle boss of this is actually the Colossus again, um, but it's like, it's, it's like a lime green now, isn't it? Yes. So it's the same fight as the original boss from level one, but now with the addition of homing missiles coming out of the spread cannon from the ship itself, it's got little uh, homing missiles that fire up in a 360-degree um, fashion. So it's just a little bit extra to watch out for. But the overall fight's the same. Bear in mind, you should be probably fully powered up now, you, if not you, nearly. Yeah, I mean, At I, least I, about level 17 or 18. The last play through our head, I was level 20 by the end of level I five. should be, really. Um, so again, that goes down quite easy now. Going in, uh, after you've defeated this boss, you, you fly along a little bit further. Uh, just to say, no, the ideal uh, vessel you should be using for this one is probably the striker again. Yeah. Just like you did in level one, to be honest. Um, you know, because the bombs weren't the best. But the second section, you actually go down a cannon. You go down next to a gigantic cannon into the, the fortress itself. Now, it's the first level and only level that scrolls 
constantly from right to left diagonally downwards. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. So you're going down left, you're heading down towards the down left because uh, there's something down there and it's not chopped off. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you fight a lot of the same enemies you fought, but now you've got a, quite a tough section, this, because there's destructible sections of the castle because that's effectively what it is. Uh, with battlements uh, and that, you underground know. castle. Yeah, That's what it looks like. Yeah, it, it is. And it, you've got a like bridges where yeah, can you need to bomb them with your through, yeah. with, with your, your cluster bombs. You need to take them out with them. Um, if you don't do that, you'll you take damage. Scenery, from. Yeah, yeah. You get you effectively getting caught. And you can get trapped in areas on this level as well. Um, the best bet to do that, if you do it, is to take advantage of the like millisecond of invincibility you've got and just move through. That's the one good thing about Steel Empire. If you do hit some background scenery, you don't get stopped by. It. You can just move through it. Yeah. Well, you'll take damage, but it does mean it doesn't necessarily mean death, but you will take a lot of damage by crashing into scenery. Um, move down a bit further until you're at the bottom and you take on... Yeah, This is an unusual boss, this, because um, what you fight here is actually a new version of the middle boss from level, level four. four. And initially, to look at it, you probably put your guard down a little bit because uh, you'll just be thinking, hang about, all I'm fighting here is a middle boss from a much previous level. It's now called the Ground Skimmer, which makes sense because you're fighting it underground, in, in, under, in, <laughs> underground on ground. Um, essentially, it does fight the same, but I remember it having a lot more hit points as well. Bear in mind, you're really powered up now. This it takes a, a lot of it damage. Was a lot. Yeah. yeah. It took, took a long time to kill this fucker. Like. This has extra missiles as well. This has got a lot more yeah. firepower now. And again, it's not a very big boss, but there's not a massive amount of variant to move in. So you're pretty no, much... That's right, I... Yeah, it's pretty much stuck in the middle of the screen. So you don't have a lot of a lot of movement at any point at any angle of this boss so you're constantly on the move just watching for everything but you're fighting in the same general way and that you're taking out the the main turrets and then you have to take out the trumpet going on the top uh once you've destroyed that uh, you finish this level um and then you the cutscene will show you uh get blasted in out of space yeah you travel further down the pipe and as you're going down the pipe you see a rocket being loaded into the pipe and then you follow it in which leads into level seven the cutscene at the start of level seven shows you the rocket being blasted out of the pipe and then you, as the hero, closely following it. <laughs> yeah. And what you're doing now is you're actually uh, in pursuit of General Stywan himself in his personal ship or ships. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, in space. In space, add. yep. Well, absolutely. In space. The one level that takes, in, takes place in space and for some reason your Zeppelin or your, uh, your striker, it should be the Zeppelin, by the way. Uh, your Zeppelin or striker in this level uh, doesn't have any sort of... Um, crippling effect about being shot into space. Well, so. we've already discussed it's next-gen technology. Uh, well, there's that. Cold right, there fusion, is. That? Well, according to General Styron, or the manual anyway, uh, for the game, uh, the 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 thing that you're about to fight, because I'll call it a thing for the second, is their first spaceship. There's no general normal enemies on this level. You've just got uh, you've got them silver things on you where you're getting some... You can blow them up and get, yeah, get your Yeah, like the little, uh, little parachute I them, things. yeah. Um, and that's it. So, yeah, you can pick up some bombs and energy and, and you know, experience points if you're not... If somehow you haven't managed to level up by this point. The, the whole level is basically two boss fights, um, or almost four, if you want to call that. The thing is, you fight... What you fight is first, and it comes on quite quickly, you fight a strange purple rocket ship called the Lunanaut. Now, this is apparently General Styron's personal ship. Um... And it it looks like nothing you've seen already. It does look more like a spaceship, but it sits above the rocket with a strange rotation. Looks like a big bullet. It is like a bullet shaped thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it you fight this in three phases, actually in three separate phases. As in, every time you destroy it or you think you've destroyed it, it leaves the screen. It comes back later, um, and it changes its weaponry with every time. Um, 
initially just fighting with bullets and that but eventually by the time you get the third phase it's got extendable um bone arm, turrets so arms with bottom, gun yeah. turrets yeah you blow and these they, off <laughs> and they're firing multiple cannon shots very fast shots as well directly at you so it changes its uh fighting style three times and um after you've just after you've uh, hit it enough times in the third phase it'll be destroyed and it'll go down properly and you'll see the crashed remains uh, in the moon and when you move so, uh, so far along uh, a bit further uh, the scrolling stops and the music changes to the final boss thing and you take on general style on and he's he's basically he's a escape pod although to call it that is an understatement because oh, God, the, basically yeah you're confronted by what looks like a laughably stupid little uh, blocky little thing that it's, looks yeah, like it should go down with a couple is. of bullets. You know, it's known as the Emperor Scout. I mean, when you hear the name Scout, you think of something that's like small and weak and probably trying to get away. Don't be underestimated. Honest, don't don't underestimate this, this thing this, at all. This, this thing is, is found the elixir for invincibility or something. Because I tell you what, it's absolutely pure armor. Isn't it? This thing pure is pure bullet, armor. Sponge. Now, even with level 20, this takes a long time to take out. Now, we've tried to take this thing out using a level select at level 1. It takes about half an hour. Uh, the fight in itself isn't that hard once you know how to beat it. It's just it's got that many different phases. It literally, the manual states that it has every single weapon that they used, and I would say it does. Yeah. I mean, just about every single type of bullet that you've seen from every single type of ship and tank and whatever else in this game is fired by this thing. Um, and the, the great thing is when you've done enough damage and you, you never know when you've done enough damage the phase will change dramatically its movement will change the way it moves and yeah, the eventually using yeah, seems to change as well I would say it has at least six different phases I've, I've never even worked out exactly how many it has but by the end by the end of it eventually it'll sit at the right hand side of the screen and it'll move up and down slowly and it'll extend two arms out which will fire bullets and then when you do a lot more damage with the arms will extend out even further and the ship just sits in the in the rear middle of the screen and doesn't move anymore. But this point to start firing at walls of flame, right. which are completely unavoidable unless you use the asteroids that are slowly moving backwards. You have to hide behind them to avoid damage. Otherwise, you'll always take hits. It's at this point that if you've got any lightning bombs, you're probably best off just finishing the thing off as quick as you can. Right. But this this thing takes over five minutes to beat. Um, so it takes about as long as a level to beat, uh, even on like when you're at full at full power. But uh, once you've done enough damage, it eventually goes down, and uh, General Styron will go down as a prick, a dead one. Yeah, well, I, that honestly, mate, I, I lost. Um, I lost. I think you'll see in the playthrough. In fact, my first playthrough I had, I died on the final boss when he started firing the walls of flames. Because for, for me, those flames, it, it was like paying tax. It was fucking yeah. unavoidable. Um, it was just he, he got us, he killed us. He must have been just about to die and all. And then my second playthrough, because I didn't save state or anything like that, I was I did it properly. Um, I got him, but you'll see on the playthrough, it'll probably be around about now actually on the video. Um, I'm just literally stood in front of him, peppering him with bombs and shooting him in the face, trying to kill him because the I didn't think you'd avoid them flame attacks. He's not really hard. It's actually kind of enjoyable. It's kind of enjoy. I find it quite a good fight as long as you're powered up and you know you're, you're going to take five minutes to sort of beat him. I, I definitely did better with my second playthrough with him, um, but my first playthrough, he, he just I figured, he just wiped us out. Constantly. Do you know what I love, though? I loved about this boss is that um, you've fought things that are literally about four screens big, right? You fought things like just even the first main boss, which was still about twice as big as the screen. And then the final boss is this little midget. And you're like, <laughs> it makes it so personal. 
like you're looking into the window of this little ship, you're thinking, oh, that bastard's looking at me out there, this window. We yeah. don't even know what General Styron looks like. You know, we have no pictures of this character because I, I would have loved to see what the, this person looks like, you know, in the game, um, which is something we'll get to about another game later on before we end. Um, you know, and you don't, you never do. But uh, it's like, well, you know, we're going to take this bastard out either way. And um, and it just, it is it's personal because his actual, it's almost like a dogfight because his, his own, his the ship he uses is like only about twice as big as you, you know, yeah. so... Uh, it's great. It's, it's enjoyable. Like it's, well, good, it's a good last fight, I think. You shoot the shit down, and uh, and then you get the end credits, which we discussed a bit earlier with the uh, Dolby surround uh, off and that on it, which is great. You know, good, good attention to detail. The um, I think I mean I I played the 3DS version as well after I played me two playthroughs of the Mega Drive version, um, and I remember, I mean the stereoscopic 3D. Not as impressive as Streets of Rage's use of stereoscopic no, 3D, no. but it was still good. And you know the parallax scrolling and that on the levels. Yeah, I thought that would look good. Like the I... graphics were touched up a bit, so they look a bit nicer and everything. You know. Yeah, like... I mean we've got to compare the 3DS to the GBA, haven't you? I mean yeah. the GBA obviously is a remake of the Mega Drive version, um, but it does its own thing to some degree as well. I mean if you can play the two versions, you could play the G, you could pick up and play the GBA after play the Mega Drive and do well because they don't change the playability much, and it's not like the it's not like a totally new game, you know, with yeah. a new control system. Yeah, um, it's just a few changes to like some of the bosses. Yeah, well, I'll, well. I'll, I'll, I'll mention that if you like. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. not spend too much time on it though. But I do. I mean, generally speaking, I mean, we can even lump the GB and DS almost together here. But I, worth talking about separate. The GBA um, does look better than the Mega Drive version, more colourful, but yeah. it doesn't sound anywhere near as good. I'll say that much. Um, which is a shame. It's it's the music's nowhere near as good actually. But um, where it does improve on the Mega Drive, uh, improve, change. I mean, some improvements, some not. But mostly, most of the basic enemies now and the, the player characters are pretty much identical. The same design of the Mega Drive. I mean, it's not the same sprites, but the, the, you can see that it's based on the old sprites. But some of the bosses have been completely redesigned, and some of them look better. Some of them don't look as good, but some of them are just interesting. So I mean, like for instance, uh, level one. I mean the um, the uh, the Type Two Sky Clipper looks a bit different, you know. I mean, the same basic designs there, but it's just like its overall aesthetic is not identical. But you can see it's maybe the same ship. But I mean, the set the, the, the end of level boss, the Colossus. I mean, it probably isn't even called the Colossus Cannon Train anymore because the actual cannon on the Mega Drive version is gone. Uh, it now has two. Uh, it's got two uh, carriages, which have both got like sets of normal turrets. Uh, but where it does surprise you a bit, which is quite cool still, is that now it's got uh, nasty missiles that fire at the back of the locomotive itself. So they work almost exactly in a way that the the cannon did, but now they're fighting yeah. you from the front. So it's more of a little twist than than a, than a, than a, either an improvement or a step back. And and depending on if you like this or not, I don't personally. But the the locomotive, the, the locomotive of the train itself now looks more like a steam train. Where in uh, the Mega Drive version, it, it looks like a Russian armored train from World yeah. War One, and it, that's deliberate. I think it's absolutely deliberate. So uh, it does look a little more generic. This boss on um, the GBA version. Now to mention to lump the DS version in there as well. Bear in mind the 3DS version generally copies the look of the GBA. Music's better overall, but the the look is similar. But um, it introduces better effects, like particles and that for yeah. certain things. And yeah, just, you do. You get some more post effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is different, but it keeps the general design of most of the um, enemies and bosses. And that, although a change to the Colossus in the 
DS version. It's only a little one. Is that, and I liked it though. It was quite cool. Is that when the music changes now? Instead of you sort of um, you like coming across the train from in front of you, it charges in from behind on the 3DS version, yeah. which looked cool because that that was like a nice little surprise, you know. So nothing major, but something that the the Mega Drive and the, the, the GBA version didn't do. Um, level two, I, I felt saying one of the biggest uh, changes. What happens there is um, you're still in the caves, but um, on the GBA and uh, 3DS version now, um, the tunnel tank and the mole tank, if it's even meant to be the same sort of tanks, uh, both quite uh, have quite a few redesigns. I mean, the tunnel tank itself, um, now it, uh, it still extends, or doesn't it? It still extends up. Um, I believe it does, And yeah. it does all the way as well now. I think the full whole fight it does now. So, but it looks a bit different anyway. But when you destroy the tunnel tank now, the mid-level boss, it actually it it ignites. You see it ignite on screen and actually ignites the whole screen with yeah. flame. So you know now where the uh, the initial gas explosion comes from. Now that didn't happen in the Mega Drive, so it was a nice. It's not. It's nothing more than an aesthetic improvement, but it's a good one. Uh, but the end boss, the mole tank, if it still is the mole tank, is completely redesigned. It doesn't have any obvious um, uh, drill attachments now. Um, it actually has what's more considered an extendable Batman ram on yeah. on the back, I think, because I think that's the back. I've only played um, through it once, so I'm still going to remember the details. It's got some other general similar armament to the Mega Drive version, but um, where on the Mega Drive, uh, when you've done enough damage to its turrets, the top section would lift off. That doesn't happen now. The top section stays put. What happens now is the whole damn tank jumps. It can jump over you and that, so you've got to be wary of that. But uh, once you've done enough damage to that top section, the whole thing pops. So, But it, 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 the overall shape and design of the tank's completely different, um, which I quite like the look of because it's bigger. It's a bit bigger than the original mole tank. So, um, but as I said, I wouldn't really call it a mole tank now because it doesn't have any uh, drill attachments. Uh, it's not a tunnel boring machine anymore. No, not at all. But uh, level three, uh, any change with level three, which uh, there's a, a couple, I think. Um the middle boss is still a version of the level one boss. I mean, it's, it just has the same upgrades. It doesn't really change. Um, you now fight the arrow gunship, which is pretty much still the same. I don't remember any obvious change, but the shapes are identical. In fact, the gunships, I think, are the one boss where they pretty much keep the design the same, except for the later versions that have multiple colours of them, as opposed to just like a, a green and red one. So no real change to level three. Level four, we see some changes on, probably some of the more noticeable ones. Um, the 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 sea skimmer, as we called it, which me and Mark agree, would say looks very much like a manta ray or stingray. We've already yeah. said the design of this. Now, I mean, I can't see anything but a duck. All right, I now, didn't if, notice. Yeah, honest, just look at it again. Yeah. Now, I don't again. I don't know if this would be called the same if it if it has a different name because I can't find a source for this. Uh, it could be still the same ship, just a completely a complete redesign. But it has some different weaponry now as well because of that. Um, and you target on the top of it now uh, because it literally looks, it's shaped like a duck with a duck's head, like with a duck's beak and everything. So a uh, bizarre looking thing. But uh, nice to see a redesign. But, but this is one time where I do prefer the original design for the Mega Drive, just like the uh, Colossus from Level 1. Um, but now this is a little section now where I actually prefer the DS and 3DS versions. Well, quickly, sorry, go back to... Uh, the uh, what we call the duck. <laughs> well, the the 3DS version of the Sea Skimmer is redesigned again from the GBA version. I mean, the same basic shape is there, but the what was a duck's head now doesn't look like a duck's head anymore. 
and instead now it's got it's got like a big air balloon section added to it so it does change the gameplay a bit because it actually takes up a lot more room which if you compare both the jb and 3ds versions uh, the two middle bosses from level four you'll see the difference so that's the one middle boss apart from another one we'll talk about in a second that's been like does have some redesigns without being a complete redesign but the end boss the uh the navi air submarine remains the same for both versions but this is one boss where i love the redesign more than the mega drive original now um if i remember right you don't fight the periscope at all uh, when the music changes, the ship actually comes shooting straight out of the water on the surface. So if you're too low in the water, you'll you'll crash into it. It's a little bit almost like the shock of like the, the Colossus in the uh, 3DS version, just like plowing into you from behind. So that was quite cool, I thought. But the main fight stays the same. It just looks drawn better a bit, that's all. It does have some nice sort of rotational effects on now in the air where yeah. it dips in yours backwards and forwards, a bit like what you saw in the Mega Drive uh, version of the water. Yeah, and it looks quite cool because it, it, it's the whole um, sprite, obviously with the newer hardware being able to do that, you know, it looks very cool. Um, when you destroy it as well, it, it dips down as it goes back in the water, so I thought that looked good. Pretty much stays the same Mega Drive uh, besides that. Uh, level 5, you fight the two gunships again, and as in level 4. These are very similar to the Mega Drive versions except the different colours now. Uh, with uh, the GBA version being, um, I believe one was uh, one's like light red and then one's dark red. Where in the 3DS ones, uh, one is a dark green or blue, I believe it is. While one's still red, they change the colours, but the actual uh, basic weaponry of these these uh, enemies stays the same. Um, level six, level six, you've got the Colossus again, exactly what you fought already. No real change; it all stays the same. And the end of level boss again is what would call the ground skimmer, and once again it's based it's a it's a color it's a palette swap of the level four mid boss, but with the extra weaponry attached. Right. So again, that applies to both versions or uh, GB and 3DS. So you'll be fighting either the duck or you'll be fighting either the airship. Quack. You want to call it quack quack. But I will spend just a little bit more talking about the last level here because this is where there's a. a a much more obvious change. Not with the Lunar Nought, which bear in mind, remember, is the large spaceship, uh, bullet ship, rockets that you yeah. fight. is sort of the middle boss, if you want to call it that. Uh, you know, again, just like the Mega Drive version, there's no uh, popcorn enemies in this level apart from power-ups, uh, power-up balloons. Um, that boss stays pretty much identical to the Mega Drive version. But at the end of the GBA version now, instead of what was the Emperor Scout, which we've already discussed, you fight... Again, I don't know if it's meant to be the Emperor Scout in this version, in the GBA version, but you fight what looks more like a bathy scaife, like a flying yeah. flying submersible, S isn't it? Like a mini... Uh, like, yeah, yeah, like an uh, egg, like a flying egg, and it moves completely different. It fights totally different, doesn't it? Yeah. It's got completely different phases. It had no single phase of this... Uh, this vessel attacks at all, like the Emperor Scout of the Mega Drive version, where even going back to the middle boss of uh, level four, uh, the the weaponry and the fights and the ways it attacks and moves are quite similar to the Mega Drive version. So although the sprite's different, it does cover a different size of screen and that, um, which would change gameplay a bit. The overall fight's not too dissimilar. But this this thing you fight here, um, it's just completely different. But you destroy it uh, in its multiple phases and you'll beat the game. But in the 3DS version, now this is a really pleasant surprise because I I don't know if uh, I don't know if the Emperor Scout from the Mega Drive version has a fan base right or something 
but it's just this was just great because I I haven't actually played the 3DS version. I watched I, I, I've really played the GBA version, so yeah, um, I was surprised. I, that. This was great though. This was a great little twist on it. Um, so again, um, on level seven, you fight the egg if you want to call it that. But after you destroy the egg, uh, an alarm sounds, and then the Emperor Scout appears. The and it's a classic Emperor Scout from the Mega Drive version, apart from uh, a new sprite, but it's the same model. And it's got the same attack pattern, hasn't it? A little it bit easier same. to fight this time. Marks is a little time. bit easier, yeah. Yeah. In fact, if I'm honest, mate, the 3DS version, I think I, I probably got up to like stage five before I, I lost a life. It was so much easier. Have, well, again, though, I wonder if you know what we're talking about that power up. Yeah. There might have been a few of those through the game. The Golden Heart, I think it was. The power up. Remember the see it. I don't remember seeing one, but I'm not saying it wasn't there. But it was definitely an easier game. Version, if it was a DS version, the Mega Drive version, one. The GBA. Yeah. But, um, like I say, I mean, those two versions, those two newer versions, uh, the GBA came out in 2004 and I think the 3DS 2012. It also came out on, um, on P PC. Yeah, PC, on which Steam is the 3DS that, version, yeah. 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 In fact, to be fair, mind, the actual long play I've watched is the PC version, but I know 100% that is wouldn't, the wouldn't 3DS version. I wouldn't be surprised version. if it was actually out on the PlayStation Xbox and all. I've just never looked. Um, you know, like that PC version? Yeah, it yeah, sense. might well be. I hope it is. Well, it's coming out on the Wii U, uh, on the, uh, the Switch. Switch. It's coming out on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, and so I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be surprised why it wouldn't come out. But they're also releasing a pack as well called the um, the Steel Steel Empire Chronicles. Yeah, which yeah. introduces also an older and older Hot B game that came out on the NES, um, which isn't connected to Steel Empire at all. So I'm not talking about. But if you want to get that pack, they're usually quite cheap. It's actually the pack does come with all three main main versions of um, Steel Empire, as in the Mega Drive. Uh, GBA and 3DS. Uh, I think it's a bit mis bit misleading calling it a chronicle because as we discussed before uh, outside of the podcast, um, to me a chronicle means that you're playing maybe a trilogy or even two games. You know, like like we get a lot of the Neo Geo fighting game packs that will be just two games. I mean, there'll be a sequel, so you can play those two games chronologically and yeah. play a story. You know, that's got a beginning and an end. Where uh, Steel Empire isn't. It's a bit of a misleading a title. Yeah, it? it is, and especially since. As well, the other game, which the name actually escapes us at the minute, is not related to Steel Empire in any way. It's actually a, a horizontal space shooter, again, coming out on the Famicom, and, and I think there was a NES release, but to me, it's, it's got no link to it, so I don't know why. I think what would have made it a much more interesting pack was if they'd, okay, making a new game, maybe they didn't want to do that, but if they'd just introduced like, loads of material, like loads of story material yeah. and uh, making of and uh, PR stuff and that, you know, because it sounds like there's a lot. There was a lot that went into this game, so at least in Japan, if not in American, and we know Acclaim, because Flying Edge Acclaim, yeah, yeah. we know that Acclaim is well-known for its uh, PR. So, the, you know, I mean, it would have been nice to have seen things like that, like some materials that would have went into uh, promoting the game, because that would have made it more of a chronicle, because you can look at that and say, well, there's other parts to the story which are not contained in the game itself, but it is what it is. But again, I, I don't know the price of this package, but it's out shortly, so if that interests you. The Steel Empire Chronicle. I think um, I think we'll probably talk the shit out of this. So is there anything else you want to bring up? Or I we think we're reviews? good. Now, I don't know if you want to quickly talk about a couple of alternatives now or talk Let, about them after reviews. Let's do them after reviews. Yeah. So yeah. I'll go first this time, mate. I'm not going to I'm not gonna hang about. Um, I know. I I'll think, probably get this game. Aye. I think it's a, um, it's a very, very accomplished shooter um, on a 16-bit system. It's fantastic. Like I said before, Graphically and music, you could easily confuse it for an arcade game if you didn't know, you know it was running on a Mega Drive. Um, really enjoyed playing through this again this week um, to the point where I fancy going back for another game later tonight, maybe if I've got time. But uh, look, for me, it's a, it's a solid nine. 
it's a very very good shoot them up or, or pew pew if you prefer well <laughs> we are look what that is i'm going to compare it against an earlier video that we did on a completely different game in a completely different style straight to it um I I, lo I really like Street to Rage 1, um, but it, I've never considered it a very impressive game. As I said at the time, I says it's a great game. It's built on the Golden Axe engine. It's a very good game. It's obviously surpassed by its sequels and other beat-em-ups, as I said at the time. Um, but it, it didn't blow us away. It didn't blow us away even then. It was just great. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it was... Yeah, there's a year between the came in 1991, so it's a little bit earlier than Steel Empire, fair enough. And in that year, I'm sure the developers have gotten to grips with the new with the hardware and stuff. But it just it didn't it didn't blow us away completely, you know. It did in stills more than it did in the actual game, but it was a great game. But anyway, but Steel Empire blew us away to look at. That's why I, I mean, as I said, it's a game that held no interest for me until I seen Mark playing it. And when I seen him playing that and I heard the music kick in and I saw what he was fighting and that, what the boss, I just wanted to see more bosses. I wanted to see what the next boss looked like and the next boss after that. And I was like, so when you actually get that sort of vibe from a game and you just, you want to hang around, you want to watch someone playing it just to see what's going to pop up next, what fantastic creations are just going to appear on your screen. Um, that is a great game. Now, the other thing with me is I am a soft ass as well when it comes to shooters. Um I do get frustrated easy now, and I got frustrated easy then. So I'm not one of these who likes to grind for hours and then lose me progress. So Steel yeah. Empire absolutely just feeds into my sort of way of playing any game. So um, being able to being able to, to keep on progressing, yeah, it makes it a little bit easier. Obviously, you've got multiple hits as well. But the game is still tough. It's a long game, and it puts up a good fight, even on the easy mode. I mean, you'll not just crawl. You'll not just breeze through it, you know. I mean, you've got to be wary. I mean, there's certain sections are hard. You know, like the key, the caverns are definitely a yeah. nasty section. You know, like. uh, any anywhere, like when you you, um, pardon me, you're on level three and you're up against the floating fortress, and you've got to be careful where you move and that. Germ burn fortress on level six because that's got a few uh, enclosed areas. You've got to be careful. And just as I said the bosses, all the bosses having various different phases and um, uh, different weapons and that. You know, so you're not just going in and just pumping a few shots into a character and then it goes down. I mean, I hate games. I hate shooting games where you'll fight a boss for like two or three minutes, which is a long time, and all you're doing is just firing bullets into its backside until it blows up. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's, only time you know it's actually taken down just because it's flashing a little bit. Yeah, and if that, I mean, I've played games where some bosses don't even do that, so you spend yeah. that time, especially when you first play, wondering if you're even damaging this thing, you know, and it might have multiple turrets all over, but you don't take them out. So I love this little strategy element to Steel Empire where you get to take out sections of a boss, which obviously some Torplan shooters are famous for as well, um, and, and many other shooters as well later, but not all. But um, like I say, I mean, the game itself, just fantastic. It, the graphics are just great. Graphics, music, uh, the effort you can see, you can clear, see a t clearly see a 10 out of 10 effort put into making this game what it is. And I mean, just the story, I mean, the love put in the story. I mean, it's a game that's been crafted. It hasn't just been developed, it's been crafted, yeah. you know. They've actually sat down, they've just went through everything here. It looks like everything came together. It's a game where I can't find any single element. I mean, if the only criticism I have, and really, it's I've got to find a criticism to avoid giving a game a 10, which is my rule. I'll try and never give a game a 10. If I give a game a 10, then I can't find a game that will surpass it. So uh, even another game won't get a 10, you'll know about that. But... Um, I would say the only time where it falls a tiny little bit is where there's a bit of slowdown here and there because there's a lot happening on the screen. And again, that's just the Mega Drive groaning underneath the stress of obviously this just 
this just mammoth of a game, you know, because that's what it is. And I mean, that was most noticeable for me on a section of level three. And although the art, there is another couple of sections, I believe. The last, I the last fights were down a little bit. I yeah, couldn't even helps. remember offhand. I couldn't even remember offhand, which is that one part in level three, and then that was it. So for me, it's a solid nine as well. Uh, a solid, well-deserved nine. Uh, beautiful game. Um, I also use that word, I think, but that's what it is, uh, you know. And it's, uh, I hope, I hope Steel Empire lives on and going by what I'm hearing and obviously they're still making releases of it, even if they are just re-releases, that to me is a game with a lot of long legs and it's yeah. it's going to go further. I mean, there is talk of uh, the main developer possibly trying to make a sequel at some point in the future, which I'd I like sincerely hope, and I sincerely hope that they stick to the same style. I don't want any 3D Panzer Dragoon rip-off or Star Wing rip-off or something. I want to stick to a really beautiful-looking 2D shooter. That 2D uses, side Yeah, 2D shooter yeah. that uses a graphic style similar to maybe Street to Rage 4 or something, so... Uh, that's my review. You know, a well-deserved score. I think eighteen out of twenty, or nine out of ten. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, re recommendations. Um, well, we'll skim quickly, but there's three, isn't there? Three main ones. Three main yeah. ones. Would the, do the, the first and best one for me is Pro Gear. Pro or, Gear or in the arcade. Yeah. CPS two. What year was that? Was that ninety six? Uh, don't want to say if death, but it'll be around about that. Put it's this way. We, I think, I think now, but we've mentioned this because we mentioned it there, we have to do an article will, on this as well. well. Um, Poor Gear is Steel Empire cranked up to 50. Uh, and it should be because it's, it, it did at least come out in 96. It might be 98. So it means that, you know, Steel Empire came out in 92. I mean, and plus it's CBS2 hardware. I mean, imagine. Developed by Cave. And developed by Cave using their systems. I mean, this is absolutely. Oh, I mean, look, I'll try game. again because if, if we go into these in too much detail, we're going to be here three don't, hours. Don't. So we won't do it. But what I will say is it's ultra impressive. And one feature that um, this game does, which I really, really love, and Steel Empire would have been a nine and a half, is that because I love the bosses so much and I love the bosses of this game so much as well, it actually introduces you to the bosses before each fight and gives you yeah, a portrait a and a little sort of like, yeah, a little bit smack talk and you get a little bit of a victory or uh, a defeat quote after you've beat them. So, um, you know, I mean, they're, in, they're even more outlandish than the stuff you've seen in Steel Empire, and we will not discuss it now. Uh, we'll move on to another game, which is... Boogie Wings. Boogie Wings, which I only found out with this game recently, but I'll let Mark go into this one. Yeah, so Boogie Wings, was it Data East, if I remember right? Data East, Data East, yeah. and it never got released on anything. So th this game, it, it feels like a, almost a spiritual successor to like um, Steel Empire, in a way. It's, it's basically Steel Empire, but with Monty Python. Yeah, I, it's batshit crazy, this game. Yeah, this is... Uh, but, but Jesus, is it a good shooter, mate? You, you, it's crazy in the extreme when you yeah. realise what you get to do in it. Uh, it takes the same vibe of Steel Empire this and, and Progear. as well someday. So yeah, I, I'll, the thing is, I'll go against the grain of me normally wanting to just talk about games that I've loved from childhood, but and I only discovered this game quite recently and only played it twice and watched one walkthrough. But it was so, as Marx's is batshit crazy, and so different as a horizontal shooter as well still, that we just need to touch on this again. I mean, you have a, you can describe your grappling hook. I mean, we've got yeah, a you, you've hook. Yeah, you've got this mechanic. You've got bit, what, well, it looks more like an anchor. On a, on a chain on the bottom of your um, uh, your airplane, and it's got like a it's a mace, isn't it? Yeah. And you can swing this thing around, smash stuff, and don't you drop it as well at some point? You, can, you can pick, pick up elephants, pe yeah. Mate. You, you can, can pick, pick up elephants and soldiers. I mean, it's like a hook as well. You, the thing is, you can pick up anything. You can literally latch on to anything. And some of the things are crazy outlandish. I mean, you can latch on to zoo animals. You can pick up soldiers and tractors and tanks and you start yeah. throwing them around. I mean. Some things actually have a bearing on the game. I'm not going to tell you about the bosses at all, because, again, the bosses are crazier than anything ever. I mean, this this stuff is just 
um, I wouldn't even say it's nightmares, it's fever dreams. It's, uh, yeah. LSD dreams, this, this has to be made by people who are on something. Um, like <laughs> yeah. I say, when you initially play it and that in the storyline of the game, it looks like you're going into, um, again, a steampunk, which it is to some extent, yeah. but it seemed a steampunk uh, shooter similar to the games previously mentioned. But by the end of it, and that you come out of it feeling like you've just been through... Um, been through a hall of mirrors, you know. Oh, uh, absolute mental, crazy, mental, crazy, really good game. The um, and the last one is one you Texas mentioned to Star, me. Yeah, um, that's got it, it, it. This game uh, was released by UPL, which are a little less well known. UPN, but, uh, is it? Uh, UP, well, it's UPL initially, ah. but then NMK had a hand. But they released one of my favourite horizontal shooters, which is uh, Mustang. Uh, uh, that might have an article one day, but it's quite a generic game. But I really like it. But a, well, a more well-known game from these people, so you can get a vibe for. Stroll is actually P forty seven, and they were involved in the making of that, which had its own sequel, which actually has a also a very similar steampunk vibe. The P forty seven Aces yeah. feels a bit like a steampunk with the this, this but, Stroll. I'll be honest, I, I played through this today after you mentioned it. I wasn't impressed at all. It's it's it, it's, a, it. it's not as good, but it's got an unusual mechanic, and you know, with the um, it's got a turret in the back on it where you're swinging it around that and you're shooting different weapons off the back of it. Uh, yeah, well, you, you can select different weapons. What, what I did like about it, um, you, you get a, a certain amount of weight, like loading allowed on your craft, and that loading, I think, was 1,600 kilograms. You can pick your weapons that you want to use, so you can pick your, your normal shot, you can pick like a special shot, then you can pick your bomb type, yeah. and each, each one has a different weight assigned to it, so you're not allowed to overload. And then any weight you've got left, you can select the bomb. It'll give you as many bombs as you can carry up to your la fully yeah. laden weight. Yeah. Um, so that, it's quite quite clever. It, that, it's got the vibe. I mean, it's got the look still again. It looks like it's, it's, it's talk of aliens in the story. To um, it's an earlier shooter as well. I mean, it came out actually about the same time as uh, Steel Empire with the arcades. I think it was, but uh, it wasn't well received. It wasn't well known. But it is, again, if you want to just, if you're someone who's a completist of arcade shooters and you just want to like, have a have a go and or even just watch a long play. It's, it's worth it. It's worth checking it out because it's got some unusual looking bosses. Mind, what's I remember his, that. What's much his full it. name? Because you don't find it. Uh, Kotetsu Stroll. It's funny he's got that same part of the name as him in the State Empire. Aye, Kotetsu right. Stroll. Aye, Kotetsu Stroll. Aye, you're fighting a mad doctor who uh, basically aye, wants to take over the world. I've looked at the story and he's he's like from Alien Planet or something. So it, it's nothing. It, it it's what you expect from the time, really. I think if you had to pick one out of them three, Pro Gear. Go get Pro Gear for me. Honestly, I mean, wow. Uh, like I said, Boogie Wings is amazing in that, but just Pro Gear is just so obviously impressive in that. And it's so polished, I mean, and it's such a rare game to pick up if you like collecting PCBs. And in the American, uh, the Japanese version, not so much. If you go to, uh, were to go into Yahoo Japan auctions now, you'd probably get one for about four or $500. Yes, you will pay more than a couple hundred, unfortunately. But if you try to get a, a Western release, apparently it's uh, in four figures now. So if you're a collector of PCBs, the Western release of uh, Pro Gear, it's got a different name in Japan. I can't remember the name of it. No, but I'm just using the English name to make it simpler. Um, it's Arashi Pro Gear or something, I think. It's, uh, Pro Gear is still part of the title. But as far as I know, both versions are identical, apart from the different uh, different language on screen. So there's nothing, uh, there's no subtle or noticeable differences, even. But I think... Um... I think that just about wraps it up for us, mate. Um, yeah, that's been a really pleasurable episode as well because it's a game I said that it's just I can play this anytime. You know, where I, I love it's timeless. I'll say a Steel Empire. Yeah, it just looks so fantastic. Still, all three versions are great. You know, but um, if you've made it this far, thank you very much. And uh, next week will be something slightly different. I'll explain more in the introduction, which we will be recording next. Um, as always, if you've enjoyed the the content, please give us a like subscribe to the podcast or the channel on YouTube 
um, leave us some comments, get in touch with us, and you know if it's a good comment, starts the discussion, we'll we'll read it out, and we'll you know we'll continue that discussion with you as well. And um, yeah, from us, it's a good night. And yeah, we'll good see night. you next time. Thank you very much. Good night. Thanks, God everyone. Bless. Bye bye. Bye.